Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you from SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 205. Hello out there, I'm your host Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, he's BT Calloway. Uh, hoi hoi. And all the way from uh, lockdown in Sydney is Rose <laughs> Piper. Hello. <laughs> and Pete Bubba Scala. Hello. Thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. Of course, this is the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, mm. Rose and B, uh, thank you for joining us on the show once again. Oh, thank you for having me. Third it's time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, second for B. I, I'm, I'm actually curious, you know, in the midst of our big Sydney lockdown, um, a lot of people returning to a lot of familiar comfort TV. Has The Simpsons come up again in the last couple of months? It's come up for me in the last couple of weeks because, like, my girlfriend enjoys it but, like, isn't a fan to the scale that I am. But she has recently decided that should be some dumb, like, turn-your-brain-off TV that we watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've started watching that, which is why I was recently thinking, I'd like to do that show again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been um, re-watching Arrested Development and Futurama Mm. mainly, so those comforts because i i simpsons adjacent yeah Mm -hmm. simpsons adjacent because i actually think i rewatched a lot of the simpsons last lockdown when rose gave me her disney plus password (laughs) so (laughs) i was like it's been too recent you know can't it's still fresh in my mind but futurama has been really fun to watch Mm. as well I actually did a big Futurama binge the other day on a mm. very brutal hangover. It was very comforting. It's so good. It Have is. you heard about um, the people who uh, fall asleep to Futurama? No. There's like Me? this whole like <laughs> it's a cult. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like this whole <laughs> underground sort of community. There's like heaps of people who like fall asleep to different shows, but mm. apparently Futurama has the biggest community. Like, for some (laughs) reason, there's something about the rhythm and the sounds of, like, a Futurama episode that a lot of people find really soothing to fall asleep to. That's what you want to hear as a creator of a TV show, is the most people (laughs) fall asleep to it. (laughs) You would think the theme song would wake people up. That's a lot of clanging sounds like an alarm. And there's a lot of yelling as well, but I I think, like, when you're in the rhythm of it, it can, because it's so rhythmic and well-timed, it's sort of like a a rocking boat Mm. or something. Yeah, I would have thought the sci-fi scenes, like all the spaceship battles and stuff, would be enough to jerk you awake. But yeah, yeah the theme song is what, because like for me, the longest time The Office was that show for me. Oh, okay. But then yeah. I would constantly get woken up by. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, God, very the, lively. <laughs> the noise in like my girlfriend's apartment block, like, is so bad. Like you can hear everything in other apartments oh, really? or whatever. Like it sounds like the people above them are walking around with concrete shoes. But mm-hmm. I reckon. Every single day of lockdown, one of them has just got the office going. You just hear the theme song start. I'm like, you must have watched this show the whole way through like three times by now. (laughs) And that's what my neighbours say when they hear... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, I mean, 
getting into it. I think we can only avoid it for so long. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I just made everybody watch season 31, episode 6, Marge the Lumberjill. First oh. released in November of 2019, it was directed by Rob Oliver, written by Ryan Coe. In this episode, Marge gets into competitive timber sports and meets a girl who helps her through it and um, Homer gets mad jealous of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, what did we think? I think if I needed more Marge as a lesbian bait, they did <laughs> catch me on that. They did absolutely put the cheese in the trap and I'm, I'm there. I'm a little mouse wriggling around because I've never wanted Marge to leave Homer more than in that episode you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> i agree like i think like i also like once the sort of lesbian tension was introduced mm. i was like i'm listening but uh, <laughs> as a fellow lesbian myself but i i think i'm always like sympathetic to at least in the early episodes like i'm sympathetic to homer like fucking up and mm. want them to stay together. But this one, I was like, nah, leave him. <laughs> Go live in the lesbian <laughs> yeah, couple. Yeah, I was like, you're having a beautiful life. Like, she's so happy. You can see. It's like, I'm like, wow, you just have, like, joy in your eyes again, Marge. Like, leave him. <laughs> Move mm. to Portland. You'll be happier there. <laughs> I was also, like, really caught just by the the whole premise of it with uh, timber sports. Because, like, mm-hmm. years ago, I would just, like find myself up late just kind of like flicking through channels on foxtel when i was like living at home and came across like it would always be on at like one in the morning or something Mm. and it was like still timber sports and i fucking loved it i would (laughs) eat that shit up it's so entertaining yeah they get all the way up those beams and just sticking in the planks and it's like how do you even ah it's it's insane and they're huge too so Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even know this was a thing that, uh, the thing I, I was showing in the episode. Have you never been to an Easter show, Elliot J. O'Neill? <laughs> Australia. That's true. <laughs> what the fuck? Too busy checking out all the cattle. Uh, <laughs> was, look, the, Matt, my two favourite parts of the Easter show were, one, obviously the little ducks going down the slide. Yeah, uh, but, but two, the wood chopping. Like, it, was, it was amazing. And it was good to see them like in this episode have the thing where you're like, put the plank into the thing and like climb mm. up it. Like, I always thought that was yeah. so impressive as a yeah. sidebar as well. Just one of my favorite, like, I guess like toxic masculinity things of like, Oh, I'm so tough. I've ever heard was, um, are you familiar with former Australian cricketer, David Boone? Oh uh, yeah. Vaguely? Big mustache. Yeah. So Booney set the record, uh, at least amongst like cricketers for mm. the most beers drunk on the uh, flight between Sydney and Melbourne, which was uh, 52 beers, which is uh, a pretty Holy phenomenal shit. effort. We're we talking throwdowns or like the, the regular beers. Apparently, apparently it was absolutely paralytic and had to be like carried what, off. Sydney the, uh... to Melbourne, like two hours. No, oh Sydney to god. London. Sorry, I meant to say. Oh, okay. oh my god! I thought Slightly. I was like, how does that? The, the, which is still a mammoth effort. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but a bit like, you know, more believable than Sydney to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah that's 24 the, hours. The reason yeah, I say that's, this. That's the alcoholism. I, the reason I say this is former champion Australian woodchopper David Foster once said David Boone is like champion for drinking 52 beers between Sydney and London, mm-hmm. but I could do it between Sydney and Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> and you look at him and you're like, Fuck, maybe he could. Yeah. <laughs> He's an absolute mountain of a man. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's been one of my weird fucking lockdown YouTube trends is watching like competitive eaters and just, yeah, <laughs> the people that, yeah, work out like these fucking timber sports people and then just are <laughs> able to down like a Macca's meal fit for eight is just, yeah, it's disgusting. Um, why am I bringing it up? Uh, <laughs> because disgust must be shared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, BT, what do you think of this episode? Man, uh, uh, again, I feel underqualified to fully comment on it entirely. I will say that I just never really knew where the show wanted me to land on Homer. It's like, for a long time, like, are we supposed to be sympathetic to him? Because a lot of this is in his head, and I do like that approach that Marge isn't actually leaving him. She's just got a new passion, but he doesn't get that. But they never quite get there, and it kind of is a big detriment to me because I like that as an angle. Like, he's just so needy or get a little bit golden retriever-ish you know you leave the home the dog thinks you're gone forever Mm. and that's to him her having an interest outside of springfield is the end and i like that as an idea but it just doesn't come together unfortunately i think as Mm. well on that point like i feel that they didn't really explore the kind of dynamic it felt like and again i feel like this is something that season 30 onwards and all of Mm -hmm. that stuff like anything in the I think, what is it, time period, the 2010s that we're doing? Well, now it's like 2020. The Disney era. Yeah, like, it just feels like they're like, okay, so Lisa has a play, and then um, Marge thinks she's boring, and then, oh, how do we resolve that, you know, kind of thing, like, rather than being like, Marge and Homer are having an issue, and Mm. that causes Marge to do this, which causes Homer Mm. to do this. There's, like, no real sense of, like, cause and effect. And even that reveal at the end of um, the woman who was helping her out being like, no, I have a wife and kids. Like, Mm -hmm. there's never any kind of, like, introspection on, like, Homer being like, oh, well, why did I think that she was, there was, like, almost no lesson. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. Oh, totally. There was just, yes. Yeah, it made it a, hollow. Yeah, it was just, I felt, yeah, the serious lack of conflict in it all and just weird pacing when, yeah, what mm. the episode was trying to zero in on. And I think it was pretty reflected in Lisa's play, which also didn't feel like it had a point. It was just a no. bunch of meandering, bunch of nonsense. I mean, it was written by an eight-year-old, but come yeah. on. Mm. But, but also, also an eight-year-old like have... who's like a super genius. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and we have this expectation, I think, with Lisa is that she kind of does almost grow. Like, she does become almost smarter, even though she doesn't Mm -hmm. age. And, like, I think having her put on a play like that was just like, what the hell? Why does this matter? Like, this Lisa putting on a play that she wrote about her family should be an episode altogether because that's a thing, you know? Like I literally wrote down... Lisa's play sucks. Is this going to be the point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, like, let's not gloss over that fucking awful masked singer reference that was just like made so me want to I, I tear that, out my eyes. That and the YouTube thing before it just felt so lazy. It was just like mm-hmm. this is a thing. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, what's in the news today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the kids these days with their Twitch and YouTubes and all that. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> What was another weird thing about the play as well is who was playing Marge in that play? Like, And why was her voice so good? Like, she sounded like Marge. (laughs) Like, why didn't they put, like, what is it, like, Laney or Janie or whatever? Yeah. 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 Jane Lane. Wait, no, that's a different one. (laughs) I was Um, like, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> hi, Rose's housemate. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. I was a very excited person in the background. Yeah, was she was galloping yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a person gallop in ages. Because <laughs> uh, they haven't uh, watched a season 31 episode of Simpsons. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Rose, how about you? What's a moment from this episode that stood out to you for better or worse? Oh, the one gag that I actually liked was like Lisa wearing a wig of her own hair. Yeah, I like, wrote that down that, as well. <laughs> that was decent, I think. Like there were a couple of jokes I thought that were like okay. Well, one thing I didn't like was I didn't get the street sign gags of like them all being characters. Like, uh, what? yeah. <laughs> Ellie, you want to take this one or? Oh, BT, I, I've got little to no idea. I've got a oh, guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's because Groening's from Portland, New or- uh, Oregon, oh, and right. he named a lot of the characters after streets. Oh, so, oh. okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, so yeah. it's basically a, a meta reference to itself. God, oh, that's there we go. so inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like at least it wasn't as obvious as the other one where Homer was asked in the bar, you know, where are you from? Springfield. And yeah. So, Which one? Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. Mm. Like I, I felt like that's like, oh, come on. You're yeah. on season like 30. What was it? 31 or 32? <laughs> 31. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we know. They're like, normally more <laughs> subtle with it, though. Like yeah. the whole mm. like Larry Burns one where he's like, yeah, yeah, what state? And then yeah. you can't hear him. Like, yeah, yeah. The, But this one was just like so beaten over the head. Mm, like, Could have been simpler just to cut away before Homer responds. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it. Because without that joke, the bar scene is pointless. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I completely forgot. Oh, that was even... <laughs> yeah. That's the thing as well that I find consistent with these newer episodes is that the scenes don't have a point. Like, for example, um, that scene after Marge is chopping wood and then she's just in the ice bath yeah. trying yeah. to drink the wine. Yeah, and, and it's I'm like, like <laughs> she's taking an ice bath and it's cold. Yeah. That's and her tits scene. are big, I guess. Um, like anyone else noticed that, or was that just me? <laughs> uh, I didn't. But, I uh, was looking yeah. at her tits. Um, okay. Weirdly, though, like the red wine in the bath thing. Like, have you ever seen the uh, Britannic sketch, like uh, Oscar-winning Maybe. movie trailer? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it just made me think of that, like. Because it felt like something that should have been cut out of the episode yeah. of like the guy yeah. just in the bath going, this scene doesn't make it in the movie and then spilling wine on himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that one. But yeah, I like because that scene happened outside the montage and mm. it could yep. have just been easily part of the montage. One of mm-hmm. two montages that this episode gets. Yeah. And did you guys happen to catch the artist that was uh, performing the song Lumberjill over that montage? No, I couldn't figure that one mm-hmm. out. It was Jill Sobule. Who also gets a mention in this episode. Oh, yeah, right. If I you don't, don't know, know who that is. Yeah, I yeah, know who that was. <laughs> she uh, wrote and performed the original I Kissed a Girl, not the Katy Perry one, the 90s oh, one. Right. Oh, I know that song. Oh, yeah. And okay. Fabio's in the film clip? Am I remembering that right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can't be. Also, like... How could you kiss a girl with Fabio then? <laughs> <laughs> the most beautiful man in the cosmos. Maybe even the world. I also did find something very annoying, which was the Portlandia reference, which I the totally... The theme song. Yeah, the theme song. Feel it but... all around by Washed Out. Oh, yeah. Right. I just found it kind of strange because I was like, you're making this reference in 2019. Portlandia has not been on the air for like, what, three years at that point or something? 
I'm not yeah. sure. And it just like, I'm like, I get it, but it's also like they're not doing anything crazy with it. You know, they're not just pushing it as far as they could go. For modern Simpsons, a three-year gap is lightning quick. Yeah. <laughs> and that is them on their snappiest. I thought yeah. I thought some of the references, like, trying to be, like, cool and Portland-y later were kind of funny. Like, after they did the, like, full basket full of knit beanies, mm. going up to the, like, Janelle Monet poster and then Dignitaro. Like, yeah, that, I, that, thought I thought those, that was quite like, funny. Like, she's a lesbian references were so funny. Like, the framed photo of Claire Duvall. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that also felt, like, kind of, like, tonally off, though, because they're, like, very specific mm. And I feel like Simpsons is normally more broad. Yeah, I was yeah. completely lost. Yeah, a lot of a bit of reference soup there. But mm. B, what about you? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you, for better or worse? Yeah, I guess it was just like the ending felt strange. Like, did something just also fly over the top of my head when Homer pulls out the uh, assisted suicide clinic buzzer? Yeah, that's like a buzzer for a pub dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what the hell? But instead of your schnitter, Dr. Kevorkian comes in and <laughs> tells you up. But did I miss something? That was like something really weird that just like, you know, that, took that flew me over further my head out too. of the episode. And yeah. I was like, what the heck is going on with this? Because also it just like the stakes didn't feel there. So when Homer tries to like, talk to her during her lumberjack competition mm -hmm. i'm like you know what she should be he should be so annoying that she uses her anger to win the competition and then she divorces him and moves to portland with that woman that's just how I, and then the simpsons never make any more seasons after that that's <laughs> that's what i reckon how about you bt what stood out to you from this episode for better or worse uh, you know, the second they introduced a gay character, I wrote down, if this woman just out of nowhere kisses Marge, I'm going to immediately fail this episode because, of course, she immediately just kisses any woman she can because she's gay. Yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't <laughs> do that. So props. Yeah. I was ready. Also, um, I wouldn't hate it. No. Nah. <laughs> it would get gift for sure. But, you know, <laughs> it was just one of those moments of, okay, we're going here, but... Look, again, I'm not qualified to speak, but I don't think the character was awful. I think maybe a little cliche, sure, but was never, as we did previously with Three Gays of the Condo, was never, like, horrendous or never... Yeah, doing the whole trying to seduce the straight person angle. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Also wasn't portrayed as, like, a hideous stereotype of the, like... No. Yeah, you know, humorless bull dyke. But yeah, exactly. I actually think that she was maybe, like, drawn a bit too vague... Like, it just kind of felt like Marge got swept up in it. I kind of would have liked a bit more sort of magic or something to her. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that guy who's, like, talking to her about brunch. If, like, they had some <laughs> sort of moment like that, Jacques. then... Look, yeah, Jacques, Jacques is a... Mate, you don't just make a character like Jacques out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I wish they could, like, they could have just added that so then, like, the threat of mm. Homer being left for this other woman was a bit more like high stakes because it's like, oh no, he's just obviously just completely misconstruing the yeah. thing. Like I think that's the take they didn't make is either there is like blossoming friendship sparking mm. there and Homer misconstrues it or it's all completely in his head. Mm. And the fact that we never land on either side made it very weird as to what we were actually doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there wasn't much character to Paula anyway and it does feel like another one the Simpsons are 
letting down their big guest star here, which uh, did you happen to catch uh, who was playing Paula? No, I didn't. Meryl Streep. Nope, it was was Asia Kate Dillon. Uh, I don't know who that is. uh, Me neither. From Orange is the New Black, and apparently she was in the new John Wick movie as well. Oh. Uh, New New West. Oh, right. No, I think I know. I think, uh, I believe you may have her wrong pronoun there, buddy. Ah, uh, yes, I did write down they, them there. So yes. <laughs> Apo- apologies if I fucked that one up. Um, but yeah, just rounding out the guest stars, Natasha Lyonne's returning uh, for a bit part playing Sophie the Clown. Mm. I mean, Sophie Krustovsky. Oh, yeah. right. Her last name isn't The Clown. <laughs> not like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but how about the wackiness of this episode? Was this a particularly cartoony episode of The Simpsons? Mm, I... Sort of yes and no. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's the part where a lot of the whack is just the jokes in passing, nothing that's really related to the plot itself. Well, yeah. Like I mentioned before, it's kind of weird they had two montages in this uh, episode. And the mm. other one being to Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Fucking, yeah, throwing up the horns for that one. But also <laughs> I noticed in terms of like cartoony wackiness, there were like four thought bubble gags in this episode. Yeah. I was going to say there were so many thought bubble gags. I wrote it down. I was like, Jesus Christ, what is this family guy? Like it was <laughs> like so overwhelming. And I also think that like even though the jokes were kind of unrelated to the main storyline, there was just like some moments that they didn't take things far enough to actually get funny. Mm. For example, there's a moment where Bart holds up a book and I had to like squint to read what he was holding up. And I was like, why don't you just like cut in for that or something? And then like, you know, when Paula is like saying all those innuendos for the dual cutting log championship, you could have just come up with so many more to just keep, rattling off and then have a moment where like Homer sees that and gets anxious about it like there were just so many little missed opportunities to make moments that they already had really funny yeah because especially yeah with the two montages it's like okay you burnt all of your good wood chopping jokes in quick succession yeah Yeah, and then you didn't leave anything for the rest of the episode (laughs) totally yeah God, I'm just trying to, yeah, the various thought bubble gags. Because, yeah. yeah, even there was the super metal one of Bart being like, Lisa's in the thought bubble. Mm. Yeah. I didn't mind that. Yeah? I didn't love it, but I didn't mind it. <laughs> I just, I thought when, you know, Paula is like, oh, I need you to picture someone that makes you mad so you can chop wood mm. better. I thought, okay, yeah. it's, it's going to be Homer's face. Yeah. We've done this a thousand times. But the fact that it was more Marge's life in general and all those frustrations she doesn't get to let out, I thought that was a better direction to go. Well, I thought the episode should have more been about, like, Marge is worried about being a disappointment in Lisa's eyes. Like, yeah. Like, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Hey, better and- episode, Swish. <laughs> well, yeah, especially because, like, the whole thing starts because she cares about what Lisa thinks in her play. Yeah. Yeah, and how it didn't really follow through. And the resolution doesn't even end with Lisa being like, you yeah. know, I'm still yeah. proud of you, Mum. It's Grandpa being like, Oh, the baby's lost her head. <laughs> lost yeah, her that baby was a head. weird sting. Yeah, yeah, I felt like I I agree with that. It would have been better if it was like her worry about her like Lisa's opinion of her because like the conceit of it, I guess, is like a kind of snipe at the things that people will do when people think that they're boring, mm-hmm. and it feels like a little more mean spirited. Yeah. yeah. Uh well, on that as well, how was the emotional core of this episode? What did we think of the heart? Oh, there wasn't a ton of it, really. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. There are a few good moments. Uh, there's a good confrontation when Marge just says to Homer, I'm finally good at something and you're jealous. And it's like, oh, hello, emotions. Mm. Um, and yeah, he has to be told to do it. But I do like Homer's line of uh, instead of saying, OK, you're done. Can we go home now? Saying, would you like to come home now? Yeah. It's a good moment. It makes me wish they'd tied it a little bit more to the actual episode because I like it totally. as a lesson. It's a simple thing of just asking instead of expecting. Yeah, that was my main notes on the hearts, the th thumps, the ba bumps. <laughs> I yeah. agree. I feel like they should have just. Uh, there's just so much that they could have gone really deeper with because mm. I I think like you know hardcore Simpsons fans and anyone who like has grown up with it, you kind of do have this soft spot for Marge because she's always like mm. holding out, doing everything she can for the family, and always mm. being like the reliable rock. Yeah. And she has this moment where she realizes that her life is not exciting when, you know, she's dealing with Homer, whose life is only exciting. And I just feel like there's so much kind of emotion that you could have dug through there, but they just didn't really do any of it. It was like a good idea, but then they're like, yeah, let's just slap some jokes on and call it a day, you know? Yeah. Well, I even thought that, yeah, once Homer um, got all jealous and petulant and stuff, it's just, in a way, I don't think it went far enough in that direction either for mm. Marge to ever have a blow up. This sort of just felt like a mild tiff. Yeah. yeah. Or just like even just a misunderstanding that good yeah. communication would fix. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of what bugs me about this one. divorcing Homer. <laughs> that's the one that, that definitely bugs me about this one is the pieces are there. They're just not quite together in the right way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's close. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Are these the people we know and love? Is this a show we know and love? I think as far as the like very new episodes that I've watched for this... This one probably was the most enjoyable and the one that felt most like The Simpsons. Mm. Like, still probably like a far cry from like the classic days, but there were parts of it. Yeah. Like, I guess like it didn't, again, like there is less kind of like circumstantial sound or whatever, but there was more of it. But like, I think, yeah, lots of what we've discussed already re like how the episode shaped up and the heart and wackiness and all that kind of sort of being there but not really means it it doesn't feel like a different show but it does feel like a shitter version of the show <laughs> yeah was, well, I, uh, yeah. no you ah fuck you uh, so i was gonna <laughs> say the old classic yeah no one's really against type they're maybe pale imitations of themselves but you know it doesn't quite have the depth we want but all again the pieces are there the family feels roughly right yeah, I was concerned for another Marge-focused episode because, yeah, it does feel like Julie Kavner's just, oh, man, she needs a lozenge. And then <laughs> making her do a bunch of accents as well, which was... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... I like it as a, you know, when she's up there trying to do the sermon and she's going between the stereotypical accents. It's like the concept of trying to find a way to be exciting and doing something wacky at church, I get. It's just... Yeah, uncomfortable, and it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be because it's she's bombing on stage, but it's also like, mm. yeah. I kind of wish in, instead they should have just had, like, one of the montages where she's just trying to do, like, all the wacky stuff that Homer tried to do and nothing feels <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. 
Like, you yeah. know, like I think as well when you have such a big sort of backlog of like historical crazy ideas, like put Marge in a space suit, you know, mm. like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, actually, I like it. Yeah, a montage where she calls up. Springfield Gorge. She yeah, calls exactly. up NASA and is all like, so, I mean, you let my husband go to space. How about me? Oh, yeah, okay. and she tries it and it's like, nah, she's still more boring or something or or even like having her like, I don't know, the other mothers, because she's always worried about their judgment, having them play mm-hmm. a bit more of a part. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think for me, I completely agree with Rose. Out of the other like episodes that I've watched in the last couple of seasons, it does kind of feel closer. But yeah, it's just not enough cause and effect or laugh out loud moments that I can actually be like, yep, this is The Simpsons from my childhood. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a couple of other sort of things I realized about why it doesn't feel quite like it used to. Is like, maybe this is just sort of a feeling, but like, I feel like the tone of like the entire length of these new episodes just feels like a bit somber. Like, yeah. it's almost like as like a shadow of its former self. Yeah, I don't know if it's just, or maybe like as the animation has brightened, the tone of the show is like dimmed, darkened like, to, to compensate. Yeah, it's really weird. There was also a couple of things like hearing the word semen come out of Homer's mouth yeah. felt really yeah. wrong. That was weird. What the hell? It was <laughs> one thing to see him do that dance, you know, that one. Yeah. But... Yeah. And then I think it's weird to end the episode what is like. Like the plot ends really abruptly with the just yeah. like, do you want to come home? Okay, and then that was the end of it. But then it just ends with like what it amounts to basically a sketch. It just yeah. feels yeah. really weird and off. Like it feels like I don't know if you ever lasted the length of Scrubs, or I mean I didn't last the full length because I didn't watch the the non-canon ninth season. <laughs> but when it changed networks for the last season, like every episode would kind of end, and then there would be like an almost kind of sketch thing during the credits, yeah. and it was just like it felt weird, especially if there was like a kind of like emotional ending to the episode. Totally. Mm. Yeah, the sketch in the credits thing. Yeah, it's been a long tradition now of the Simpsons in. Yeah, the HD and Disney era now, and rarely does it ever pay off or feel necessary. <laughs> yeah. No. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Eh, not. Not going to seek it out, but if it's on, I'm going to do my laundry. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the same. I wouldn't <laughs> run to it, but like, I wouldn't hate to it. Could maybe fall asleep to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'm in the same boat. It's like, I think it's an episode where it's like, if it's on, I'll like put the volume up a little. And then do my laundry, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas I think the last one that we watched, which was like Lisa being a Wiccan, which was the one mm-hmm. that Rose and I did oh, last yeah. episode, that's <laughs> something where I'll like put the volume down and do my laundry, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was going to say, yeah, just Rose on the whole weird tone and feeling of the episode not feeling like Simpsons as well. This is another one that was just oddly silent. Like, mm. so mm. little ambience, so little music tracks and stuff that when the music does come in like Ace of Spades you're like oh fuck yeah. okay wake up where's the texture yeah. we need mm. the texture and then yeah when they go to Portland uh, the acoustic version of the Simpsons theme like yeah, yeah. super odd choice yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but you know we like to also try and fix episodes on this because you know gotta justify watching these episodes somehow so 
B, we'll start with you. What would you like to change about this episode? Because <laughs> I have all my notes. Listen, mm-hmm. I didn't get a master's of screenwriting to not do this shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> so first off, I would make sure that there's a clear issue that's presented like Marge is boring but it has to be completely incited by a particular person to the writers of that this Simpsons episode I say choose one is it Lisa is it everyone or is it Homer then pick that and make that crisis sort of be for whatever with that person because I think having her be triggered by the Lisa thing then trying to get everyone's attention in church then having to prove herself to Homer, it's just too much in one episode. I honestly think if they kind of just tightened that up, it would have made a 10 times better episode. Absolutely. Uh, How about you, Rose? What do you reckon? I definitely agree with the tightening thing. Like it felt like everything went too long. Like the conversation that Homer has with Paula at the end, like, Mm. I was like, why are you still talking to each other? Like, yeah. <laughs> they had to say semen a few more times. Yeah. yeah, especially when the topic of the conversation is Homer's seed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, I think it would be like, you know, sure, have one thought bubble joke, but not four. Mm. Like, yeah, too many things just kind of felt like they went on for too long. And also, I think repurposing a joke, like in the play where there's the joke about like Marge fashioned mm-hmm. almost a new bar of soap out of four like slivers of soap. Mm. I think that would be better suited to actually be a thing that Marge says. Like, yeah. Like kind of like in the, the same... potato moment. You That's know? exactly yeah. what I, I was about neat. to say. I yeah. just like... think they're neat. Well, yeah. I didn't know if I was going to bring this up because it's so pedantic, mm-hmm. but yep. this is something that Lisa, Lisa did. did. In oh. Burns for Carfin to Craftwork when the Germans oh, yeah. fired Homer. And she goes, mm-hmm. I just mashed all the soap slivers together. It's like, Hang on, Lisa. <laughs> wow. You took your dorky moment and said it was Marge. We, we mm-hmm. fucking know. We've done our homework. They didn't think yeah, we'd notice. We'd notice. That's so weird. <laughs> Pedantic nerds till we die. Uh, how about you, BT? What would you like to change for this episode? I mean, I feel like we've run over it, but just to reiterate, um, just pick a lane for Homer, because I do actually kind of like the angle where it's exposed a degree of insecurity for him that this is completely in his head. Uh, and kind of just explore that a little bit more. And that makes his perception of once Marge is done with this, she'll just come home and that'll be the end of it. To that question at the end, would you like to come home? I like that as a concept. So that's really your, your focal point. Stick with that. That's good with me. I would have I would have really quite enjoyed this episode if they'd landed that bit of heart. Yeah. But, uh, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Wah-wah. laughs> and on things going on too long, yeah, there was like... A lot of those Portland sketches were, yeah, kind of funny, the sort of um, modern hippie towns and whatever, but it was just sort of weird that they'd glossed over the fact that Marge had been away for a month. And yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, where was, you know, Homer and the kids dealing without her? Where was, like, her having a new life or whatever? Like, just a real untapped part of this episode that, yeah. Yeah, especially because, like, you know, previously when she went to, like, Rancho Relaxo or whatever... Like, mm. yeah. or when her and Lisa whole... go to clean the oil spill, or prison. Yeah, there was yeah, like a yeah. whole crisis about Homer being left alone with the kids, and then they're mm-hmm. just like, "Oh yeah, there's pizza boxes, and Grandpa thinks that the cats are the children." Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Burps the toaster. Nah, yeah, for that one sketch that yeah wasn't even that funny. Totally not worth it. Also, mm. the greeting kind of suggested that they hadn't spoken the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and like, not even a wow. phone call to be like, hey, how's it going? 
Which, yeah, 90s probably may be understandable, but yeah, they still had yeah. phones then and mm. they've got even more phones now. Yeah, they've got bloody suicide alerts going on in their <laughs> pocket now. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things just happened. I once. thought they weren't in the 90s anymore. Because... No, 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 they aren't. He was saying uh, oh, once right. upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I swear I remember a terrible iPhone episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do. <laughs> yeah, no, well, for an episode that starts with uh, all these kids on their phones all the time, they couldn't go, oh, no, now we can't reference, you know, mobile phones because that'll uh, shoot us in the foot, even though they did when uh, Paula's showing off her logging videos. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the thing. The Simpsons writers have just said, yeah, this is the same day for The Simpsons. It's just the year progresses, but they don't. And like, yeah. it's now at a point now where they did an episode recently where Homer grew up as a teenager in the 90s and he was a big fan of Naughty by Nature. Oh my god, what yeah. the hell? And he also invented grunge, but let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get into this hot time in the Sadgasm? <laughs> yeah, that's Sad right. Sadgasm, yeah. Margarine! <laughs> I love that song. So we are here. Uh, B, do you have any other notes about this episode before we rank it? I mean, I do, but you know, I'm not getting paid to um, script edit this uh, episode, so I'm not <laughs> going to do anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Rose, do you anything from this episode you want to mention? Uh, there was a couple. There's, um, I bet that Marge being felt up, like felt up by Paula, and feeling quite willing to be felt up by her, is now going to be turned into some sort of cartoon porno. Um, Hell yeah! No doubt. No doubt. And I thought the Burning Man reference to like Burning Woman was a little misplaced because I yesterday I literally uh, recorded a podcast with my girlfriend about Burning Man uh, because she's been there a couple of times. And mm. one of the first stories that I ever heard out of her mouth was how she had gone to a lesbian orgy at Camp Beaverton. So there's plenty of, <laughs> plenty of lesbian stuff going on at Burning Man. Yeah, that's also a funnier joke to say we met at Camp Beaverton. Yeah. <laughs> Sad you guys mate. <laughs> well, it was an orgy. <laughs> BT, any other notes? Uh, of course I do. Uh, let's see. There's a bit where the logging, what is it? What do we call this? Wood sports, whatever it is. Uh, the referee, timber sports. Timber sports. Timber, whatever. Uh, has <laughs> two whistles around his neck, but still uses the finger blow to whistle. I, I thought that was a nice, right, little, I missed that. nice little bit. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's a blink and you miss it kind of moment. I like Marge's fantasy where she throws the trees to the pencils for orphans and uh, then finishes like, wow, fantasies can be good. Yeah. (laughs) Depressing, but funny. Uh, My last note is, let me see, uh, when Homer like makes this decision to go talk to Marge in the middle of the competition and is like pushing his way through a crowd that isn't there. Mm. I thought that that, that got me. Yeah. (laughs) No, there's plenty of space. (laughs) Yeah, my only other note was the uh, announcer, the commentator guy, played mm-hmm. by Kevin Michael Richardson. It was, it was a little confusing. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know what we were doing. Went though. over my head. He's scared of squirrels. Now he loves squirrels, but he has a bad relationship with his son. It's just, it just yeah. felt like they let KMR fucking just riff and then they animated around mm. it. Yeah, yeah, they did. yeah. All right, well, it's time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, of the very best, the episodes which the Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah, participants. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just so participatory. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to willfully return to this. It's I'm going to forget it tomorrow, honestly. Mm. B, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm torn between like bronze and participant because I think that 
I just always love more Marge episodes and Mm -hmm. I think I would want to watch it again just to criticize it and try and write a spec script that's better (laughs) than what we actually saw. (laughs) Uh, So which one are you going, participant or bronze? Let's go bronze because we're going to work on it. We're going to workshop. How about you, Rose? I feel like based on the review I gave it and retroactive reviews I've given to other recent episodes Mm -hmm. on this podcast that I have to give it a bronze, but I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to go back and retroactively give some things fails. Um, (laughs) As we often say, you just follow the heart guts. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to go with participant. All right, and Beach, please finish it off. Yeah, look, if this had gotten a few more good laughs out of me or if it had tied together that emotional core at the end, I would have bumped it to our bronze, but no, I'm going to sit on a participant. It's a participant with potential, and that means Mm. something. And I do appreciate they didn't fuck it up entirely. Not entirely. The second they dropped in a gay character, it's like we're in danger zone, you know? But I don't think think they did anything egregious with that. Zap! Look, So, yeah, participant with just, just a little twinkle in its eye. All right. Well, Marge the Lumberjaw gets a shiny participant. That sounds right, Yay. honestly. Hey, based on that title, do you think if they ever do an all-female jackass, it's going to be called Jill-ass? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jill Bottom. <laughs> a British version. <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy Brits, they're up to no good. Now I'm going to pour my tea in before I pour in my milk. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I'm hinged. She didn't let it stick. Putting a tea bag in my veg. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we went into two different places, but still tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right, it's time we move on to the Teens Era episode, and we are going to go watch something called The Sweetest Apu. We will be back. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Hour episode. This was Season 13, Episode 19, The Sweetest Apu. First released in May of 02, this was directed by Matthew Nastuck, written by, surprisingly, John Swartzwelder. Really? In this, yeah. <laughs> back the fuck up. <laughs> back the That's fuck surprising. up like, on a ladder, maybe? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> yeah. All in, the way home. <laughs> in this episode, Homer catches Apu cheating on Majilla with the squishy mm-hmm. girl, and uh, it's about Apu's redemption. Hey, what do we think? Yeah, not bad it actually remembered what it was doing so that's always nice mm. and like stuck yeah. to that core and was about Apu's redemption and I think yeah. as well like I just mentioned it up top obviously hasn't aged perfectly <laughs> <laughs> it would have doubtfully aged perfectly especially yeah. with the whole um, Apu yeah. stuff anyway um, Yeah. but yeah like apart from all of that I think it's solid there were actually quite a few moments that I did laugh out loud Mm -hmm. and giggle, which I was like, oh, my God, thank God. You know, I think especially (laughs) when you kind of watch some Simpsons episodes that are kind of past that golden era, you're kind Mm -hmm. of like, oh, is it? How is it going to be? But this was actually a fun rewatch because there were a few things that I mustn't have gotten when I watched them originally, like jokes that would have gone over my head and whatnot so it was actually really fun and things that i completely forgot about yeah i i definitely remember homer walking backwards but mm-hmm. that was also just like mm. still just as funny watching yeah. it happen 
you mm. know. I got a chocolate out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was okay, I think. It definitely, like, felt like an episode of The Simpsons. Like, that kind of way that a lot of them set up, which, like, I feel like maybe the last episode kind of tried to do but didn't nail, where, like, there's kind of a set piece that sets up the plot, but then it stuck to the plot quite well and it was all dedicated yep. to, like, serving that purpose regardless of how intelligent and emotionally mature that plot line may have been i think mm. i think it's actually quite a, a, a sort of irresponsible plot line i think mm. to like make two people to hang on to a marriage that it looks like they shouldn't be in yeah, yeah. no i mean in the simpsons commentaries you do often hear them say that they run the show with the philosophy of love the one you lit with and mm. yeah oh, it's yikes. a good song but it's a bad <laughs> philosophy <laughs> yeah not perfect for every circumstance and i don't know i i actually have yeah, found this episode largely uncomfortable and like mm. aside from a few strong gags um yeah I, I had a difficult time with this one yeah i think especially because they don't actually solve mm. the problem head on there's no moment where she's like I felt betrayed because of this and this. And he's like, well, I felt rejected by you. Like, even though that sounds like very stupid, but you don't even have any kind of semblance of that like moment. He's just like, oh, I feel so bad that, Mm. you know, I was Mm. caught out in this lie and it's bad, you know, but it's like, oh, well, what's the actual core of it? Like, I feel as well with a lot of these analyses that I'm doing, I'm just like, therapizing the, <laughs> the thing i'm like let's go deeper what's the yep. what's the thing behind that yeah <laughs> i get you though motivation. like yeah. yeah i get you though like that is bad like his motivation for change is i got caught not i actually recognized mm. that i did something wrong yeah it's not like he was overcome with guilt and confided in homer or anything mm. like that it was like literally just homer and marge getting involved into other people's business yeah which is another thing where i was like uh why do the simpsons have to be involved like i wish this episode could be brave enough to sort of take them out of the equation Mm, yeah Yeah. especially because that's the way we sort of felt with the apu manjula wedding episode is that Mm. that was a fine episode but like the worst parts about it were the simpsons involvement yeah. Mm. No, I quite like the idea of having Apu need to confide in someone and it just happens mm. to be Homer and having that bring them in. That works a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Also, speaking of uh, confiding in people, I did find that those times where Homer was suggesting to confide in Krusty was yeah. actually pretty funny. <laughs> that That like, is quite funny of him just being like, how sad. And like, All yeah, taking kids. the giant sip of water before, <laughs> and then he's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, real like, dark joke, but great way to return to it as well. It's like, I yeah. keep telling you, he's a lone off screen. He is a sad, troubled man. Yeah, yeah and I think, you know, that's, I guess, what they're trying to do with those recent ones because you know how we mentioned those kind of wayward scenes that don't go anywhere. But at least the joke here was strong enough to be like, yes, I want this cutaway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... mm. Oh, definitely. All right, uh, let's hook into the questionnaire. BT, we'll start with you this time. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Uh, I'm going to throw it two because I can, because who's going to stop me? You, Elliot, who edits these things? Uh, <laughs> first is Maybe. Marge's obsession with the going to the Golden Banana male strip club. 
<laughs> yeah, yes. love horny Marge. We don't get it often, but when we do, it's it's just delightful. And I don't know, it it's a little bit against character, but maybe it's she's just never been and really wants an excuse to go. I don't know, but it, it was just oddly charming, and I, I got a good chuckle out of that one. Well, you don't want to go to the Golden Banana alone, you know. No, because yeah. that's sad. Yeah. You know? And you can't go with your husband. Uh, of course not. That's, that's going to send weird signals. Um, <laughs> no, the other one is uh, a line that I know is bad and is I don't like it, and yet I, I'm still kind of chuckling at it, is when uh, Manjula is watching the, the videotape of the surveillance footage to catch a poo out, and he has the line of, ooh, that's good adultery. And I'm like, mm. that is so dumb. Why am I laughing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conversely to that, I quite like the line that led into that with the, you're interrupting my faithfulness. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what stuck it out to me. (laughs) And I mean, they lay it on very thick, but I mean, there is that certain John Swartz welderiness, that's not how you say Mm. it, um, to a lot of the jokes. And even though, you know, the whole badminton game and they set it up, like they really signpost it. I hope there's no double entendres. And, but there is like it's a pretty so good funny. chain to it. Yeah. 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 Which, mm. Okay. So that I didn't like, except for the part where Homie goes, anyone for penis? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> got a laugh good. out of me. <laughs> I, I quite like the double entendres because it just also felt organic. And also, I think as well, something that the new episodes miss is the kind of like, sometimes just like the simple humor is like the easiest answer. And I yeah. think like, mm. You know, that was such a good example of that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, setting it up like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. And it does happen. Yeah. And then it's fun and rewarding. (laughs) There's a lot to be said about a simple joke delivered with absolute conviction. Like, Mm. I think think Family Guy especially gets away on a lot of that. It's like, this is a dumb line, but the person selling it to me is 100% committed to it. Yeah, totally. I think one thing that I liked about the double entendre as well is that, like, any excuse to lead into one of the old Simpsons collar pulls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially when that's a doll. Yeah. (laughs) Such a good sound. Uh, How about you, B? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Um... I really liked, and it was like something that I had, compl- a joke I had completely forgotten, but it just thing so funny when Homer's dreaming after backing out and mm-hmm. Apu calls him a eunuch and he like screams <laughs> and then goes to the dictionary and looks it up and then is like, no, 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 no. It's just, yeah. it's just own... a very silly, funny Homer moment. Subconscious brain is smarter than himself. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, like, it's so hard not to compare even this to, like, Mm. what we watched before because Mm. it's, like, you don't get the Homer goofiness as much. And, like, I think that's something that, yeah, was really fun in this episode as well is, like, even though they shouldn't have been getting involved and whatnot, there was a lot of funny moments, like his eye moving around and Marge being yeah. able to guess what he's <laughs> saying mm. just based on the <laughs> eye movement. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's a sweet moment sweet. from the Homer-Marge marriage that mm. she knows his guilt and holding back secrets face so yeah. well that <laughs> yeah. you can tell the everything. eye movements is like Braille or Morse code or something. Like. <laughs> Semaphore. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't know if it was intentional, but like the eunuch joke is actually 
a bit layered because when he's going through the dictionary, he goes unique, but unique is actually spelt with an E at the start. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I was wondering yeah, if that was like, yeah, a bit it of a layered so funny. joke. Yeah. But yeah, a word that I didn't know the meaning of until we watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> and you can listen to Elliot's thoughts on the entire series on the podcast Thrones of Game, available now. We have finally finished watching the entire series backwards. Back to Whoa. you, Elliot. <laughs> man, That's just, a perfect plug. Just passing the plug ball around, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Rose? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Um, there were some jokes that I liked. Like, I, I thought there was a good sign gag of our beds are the Murphyest. <laughs> Murphyest? Sorry, I don't. I don't know if I get that. A Murphy bed is like the one that you like pull out of the wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, really it was the sign things. in front of the bachelor's arms. Yeah. yeah. Um, apartment, yeah. Yeah, I liked that. I thought it was actually, like, I was like, oh, this is dumb when Homer was riding Apu, but then that as the catalyst to get mm. into the New Yorker gag thing, I was like, that's actually quite good. That's, oh, that's quite yeah. clever. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just the pull out and the reveal. And then he's like, I actually bought it for Lenny's like photos. And yeah. you have these like really artistic New Yorker mm. photos of Lenny. I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, this is where I was having the most fun in the episode where, yeah, Apu was doing his list and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. I thought the lawyer character was quite funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish he had some like, better lines, but I did love everything he had. Yeah, <laughs> his energy was great, and then the like Johnny Carson dancing on the desk. Was... Yeah. When will you pathetic humans learn that your feelings can get in the way of big cash settlements? Yes, we yeah. got that one when we in the case of lawyers versus justice. Oh, that is a good day. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the thing that stood out to me from this episode, and easily the weakest part for me, uh, maybe it's because I know nothing about them, but the whole mm-hmm. Civil War reenactment thing was just such an easy cut in my mind. I mm. didn't like any of this. Didn't do a lot, no. Well, I didn't remember that part of the episode. Neither. But mm. I remembered sort of the rest of it when it came up. But I did like one thing in there was the, the idea of there being a referee for a war. <laughs> I think sure. quite funny. But it reminded me of a thing, though, which is just another recommendation that people should check out. Is uh, I don't know if anyone's seen Dimitri Martin's uh, show, Important Things with Dimitri Martin. But, mm. like, because there was a similar joke here where they said the north, the south, and then the east. Yeah. There's mm. a sketch in that show where it was like the Civil War with the north, south, east, and west. And then they like showed the kind of weapons that they had to have, which was like mm. a kind of like three pronged gun. But then like there started to be factions. So there'd be like Southwest and like Northeast and whatnot. And it just gets like really involved into like how difficult it was to fight at like every different yeah. angle. It's, <laughs> it's worth checking out. That's a good show. Yep. I will say, I think the, uh, the line about the East soldiers was, especially because they're in the car park in a very confusing uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that got me. I, I quite liked a few of the jokes in there. Like I liked, because it, it was kind of wacky, right? Of like the, oh, we were supposed to do the reenactment over on that field, mm. but there's an old man who won't move. And he's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I, I just like those little <laughs> moments yeah. um, from The Simpsons. I also liked um, the fact that Disco Stew was on the Confederate side. I thought that Didn't was a that very interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> I almost, uh, yeah, I almost enjoyed the visual, but I thought the the line was so lame. The South will boogie once again. It was, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, 
Like, That's I lazy. feel like they could have done better because also it just didn't make sense or anything. But um, I also just liked Professor Fink saying that the webs were made of nylon. I don't know why <laughs> that was just like... <laughs> Just it's just things that are funny to hear in that voice. Nylon. Yeah. Nylon. Yeah. Start to throw in that Wiki Wiki Wild West parody. Well, <laughs> that's it. It's just such a bizarre inclusion in this episode. Yeah. And yeah, mm. a, a reference to Wild Wild West, which uh, is one of my you, you, favorite. You forgot Kevin... the Wiki Wikis. Oh, of course. The full title. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually stylized as WWW. Um <laughs> Yeah, one of my favourite Kevin Smith stories where the producer of that film, yeah. Wild West, was uh, John Peters, who was originally signed on to Superman Lives, uh, the failed production Nicolas Cage Superman movie. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Who what the, could have the... been? Oh, my. What could have been? Yeah, and there's an amazing <laughs> documentary by John Schnepp, The Death of Superman Lives. And yeah, Kevin Smith basically says that, yeah, he tried to write this Superman story and the producer kept going, where can we get a giant spider in here? I want a giant spider to fight <laughs> Superman. And he's like, it's not really in the comics, dude, but sure. And yeah, he ended up forcing it into Wild West. Um, anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where uh, can we get a giant spider? That's like a parody uh, of like a dumb Hollywood exec. Yeah. yeah. Just like <laughs> he had real. this one vision and it's all yeah. he wanted for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I can relate. <laughs> no, there's so many stories about John Peters. He's just this wild guy. Like, he'd, as a show of strength, he'd, like, punch the Chevy of his car to show his actors on his film that he was a serious guy. And, um, <laughs> like, he had callous knuckles and he was a fighter. And he'd fight for you in the boardroom and shit like oh this. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was also briefly married to Pamela Anderson last year. Like, oh, my right. God. Last year. Yeah. Last year's. <laughs> It's like married in January and annulled in February. Like, yeah. Oh, annulled. Oh. Yeah. Crazy fucking shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? There was some pretty wacky stuff. Yeah. My I main think, note yeah. was the steam powered super spider. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do want to throw to a bit I liked, which is when Mo sees a uh, Marge walking to the bar, his response is to put on a fancy hat. <laughs> that yeah. was good. What followed that, though, with like the yeah. Windex thing? in a drink like was that supposed to be some sort of like low-grade date rape thing it's just i, I don't didn't... i mean it's most you can never tell but uh i don't mm. think so but i don't know what they were trying to go for so yeah, yeah. I took it, as it was a just misunderstanding of cocktails joke sort of thing yeah like because it fell off i was like surely the simpsons wouldn't do like a fucking date rape gag like that'd be but that mm. yeah Around this time, they kind of would. But I, I yeah, I, I would like it, to believe so. that it's just the uh, poor, poor mixology. Mm. Yeah, I think also if you know because that whole thing of like he has no women in the bar, like it could just be that thing of like, well, I've never had to make a cocktail before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. gin and tonic. Do they mix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty wacky as well. Like they have that part where. Apu's going through the um, like reincarnation, and his last reincarnation is assistant to Lorne Michaels. <laughs> That's a funny gag. <laughs> I just thought that was like a funny little wacky moment, and of course, like you had the classic Homer at the end with the ladder jumping mm -hmm. backwards, yeah. walking backwards. Like I think it was pretty wacky and and fun in that way. I think it was nice to see a good thought bubble gag, which like not the best one they've done, and it does feel like a sort of retread of like 
other thought bubble gags where mm. Homer's got something dumb going on, but like it was still still funny and better than anything in the last episode. Yeah, and um, you know they still had two thought bubble gags in this one, but yeah, Homer's little fantasy of being on a glider <laughs> shooting people. Mm. You can run, but you can't glide. <laughs> Come on, gotta remember the line. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know if I liked the original bit, but then the replies of like, because if they don't get back together, p-tew, p-tew, like <laughs> yeah. for some reason that I enjoyed because yeah, forever I'm watching us. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, the old people riding tanks as well after getting a speech by Tom Brokaw. Uh, Again, yeah. I just didn't get why this was here. Like, yeah, mm, yeah. just because they just want to put in his really accurate impression. <laughs> so accurate as accurate as their indian accents um <laughs> i will say as as well though yeah um apu and manjul are both being voiced by white people and then bart and lisa doing that line of did you notice all the actors were played by minorities <laughs> i didn't even notice like yeah felt yeah. extra Sometimes weird changed. because of that context yeah 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 any other wacky moments Oh, yeah, um, the inside the actor's studio yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that Bart and Lisa are watching, I thought that was pretty funny. Was like that? McBain. Yeah. Was that James Lipton or? Yep, that's our one not. guest star for this episode, James Lipton. Oh, nice. Mm. There's a clip somewhere of James with me like ah, there was another sketch where he gets shot and he goes and the Simpsons shot me as well. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> He's a champ of a dude with a very interesting backstory. He used to be a pimp in France. Really? Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Almost by accident. Yeah. Do, do we have time for this segue? I don't know. He maybe. He does seem like he like an okay dude who's pretty ready to laugh at himself, but he's so easy mm. to like make fun of. Like they've there are mm-hmm. countless good parodies of him, like Mr. Show, Conan. Because like, oh, he's just right. so like sincere and earnest in everything he does, mm. so it's mm. kind of fun to make fun of. But he's just kind of a treasure. Well, it's yeah. so great that they get him for this as well, and like imagining mm. an army type, army type going, "Okay, let me get into character." Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna now shoot you. <laughs> Pleasure to eat your lead. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, an episode about a, a marriage on the rocks and cheating and infidelity. How was the heart? I'm going to go a bit controversial here. I think the mm. heart was quite lacking for the subject matter. Oh. Well, that's well, so controversial, I agree entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I hoped yeah. that would be yeah. a real kind yeah, of... Yeah, I feel like there was no growth from Apu at, at all, really. Nor and the like, Simpson family. Well, yeah, no. all the, they didn't learn... Like, there wasn't a kind of thing of... Uh, Homer shouldn't stick his nose where it doesn't belong, like, or you shouldn't cheat on your wife. It's like, mm. well, you got to be prepared to do some pretty slightly embarrassing tasks if you cheat on your wife, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that was my kind of my main complaint about this episode is, sure, he does the wacky list of groveling, but there's not any, no, nothing serious as well. Like, you needed a mm. moment of them talking to each other quite frankly uh, it's all just been fun admittedly but just wacky little list listicles and then mm. uh, everything's fine they yeah. almost does, get does, there at the end yeah, with know. them being like so i don't close. think we're quite ready for this let's just not rush it and like then you kind of hear them kissing and it's like okay it's organically getting there already even though they said it wouldn't but yeah uh that 
sort of ending is just for a bit of you know hype is is going to play into my how would I fix this? <laughs> Ooh, stay Hi. tuned. Bit of yeah. sizzle for that question. Uh, yeah. is like full on porno, triple X. But yeah, I, I think there was yeah a degree of heart missing yeah with why are the Simpsons interfering with why does mm. it matter to them so much and yeah like as well something that stood out to me that I'm just remembering now is like Marge crying over the wedding tape mm. of like Apu and Manjula because it's like we haven't really seen that they're particularly close apart mm. from the fact that they play badminton. Which they've never done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's crying over the, this VHS of theirs, and it's kind of like, okay. Mm. I calm guess like down. The, cl- the closest thing to a reason then maybe that they're like upset that they're like getting divorced is because they went to their wedding and now they feel ripped mm. off. Yeah. <laughs> we well, they had their that, wedding yeah. in their backyard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they went through a lot for that. So, yeah, to yeah. be fair. It's true. But still a selfish reason. <laughs> but yeah, any emotion that you are having for Marge in that moment who's reliving this wedding is sucked out of it with that extraordinarily lame joke of Homer doing like that uh, uh, Italian song over the Indian. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea why so they were doing random. that. I was like, wow. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit baffling. No, yeah. I, I literally just wrote Homer sings dot, 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 and then just a bunch of scribbles because I didn't know how to write... <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> a very hard word to spell But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? I mean, Simpsons getting involved in people's troubles Yeah, that's kind of a, It's still The Simpsons Yeah, um, It just feels um, like it's usually Bart and Lisa meddling mm-hmm. Yeah, true I think it was kind of nice that like It was Marge and Homer meddling I kind of wish that like that had a bit more of an effect on their relationship like maybe they feel closer together by meddling yeah with other people's Mm. yeah but yeah I feel like it did feel like a Simpsons episode like I think the same thing happened last time I did this pod where it's like Homer's goofiness for me is like what really makes it feel like a Simpsons episode where he's Mm. like just lovable dumb sort of thing instead of just yeah instead of just stupid which i think was kind of what he was in the last in the lumberjill episode Mm. i kind of like i agree and disagree a bit because Mm. i felt like this was an episode where how dumb homer was was annoying Okay. Like, he just seemed, like, utterly moronic this time, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to being, like, that, a bit like, of a the goof. the sweetness of it, though, is kind of the part where I find it believable, you know? Like, good intentions, but just dumb as hell. Yeah, that's it. At least he wasn't malicious in it. I, I don't think you could accuse this episode of the whole jerk-ass Homer thing. No, mm. I didn't think it was jerk-ass. I thought it was just, like, you know... Dumb-ass. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> properly dumb. Yeah, I mean... I guess we're seeing Apu like is normally uh, wouldn't commit infidelity, but it's an exploration of the character. Like, I don't know. It's almost like they didn't hit up enough of like how Apu generally fought, felt about all this sort of stuff. And- oh, definitely. And I think mm. as well, they could have saved time again in the slipping into the improvement section. Um, <laughs> but like just cutting that civil war thing, if not getting rid of it, and focusing on what is it actually like for Apu to be like working 22 hours a day and having yeah. eight octuplets and then yeah. Mandula not 
you know, being physical with him or something. Like you mm. could show that in a way that's humorous and also very expositional that would be a bit more understanding as to why he would, you know, mm. go out with mm. squishy lady. <laughs> I like that you said eight octuplets there. Like 64 oh, children. <laughs> Wait, did I say that? I'm saying double. I thought I said me. I don't know. <laughs> but just to that, I do like this episode does start, all the jokes are focused on Apu being a workaholic father of eight, not, you know, his religion or background. I think that's the way Apu jokes should have been done. Yeah. And especially during the controversy, just to come out and say, okay, we can't get rid of the character, but from now on, they will focus on him as a workaholic dad, not as, you know, an ethnicity. Mm. Mm. Definitely. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, again, probably wouldn't put it on, to be honest, but would be fine for someone else to put it on. Yeah, it pops on, you know. Yeah, I think I feel the same as I did with last episode, where it's like, if it's on, I'd probably put the volume up a bit and, like, stop to watch the Homer backing away. <laughs> that just tickles me. <laughs> but, yeah, still do the laundry in the background, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go on Frinky. I can get a gif of that moment. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will watch it for the line of, that's good adultery, and then I'll just sit there and go, why do I like you? <laughs> You're terrible. All right, we've done a lot of sizzle for this question. What would you change? Uh, Rose, uh, setting up the sizzle first. We'll start with you. Mm. Uh, okay. I think there should be like more explanation as to why Marge and Homer care. And mm -hmm. then it probably be pointed out to them that this isn't really any of their business. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, like, get more into, like, maybe, like, you know, why... Spend more time with why he was being unfaithful. And then what I think should happen is after all of the, like, ridiculous rigmarole that he has to go through to get back together, mm -hmm. when they're in bed together at the end, they should decide that, oh, yeah, we're not suited for each other and split up anyway. Yeah. And have the Simpsons be like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Another episode where the characters should divorce. Mm. But that that's growth, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Definitely. I mean, they showed growth and the potential for change when they got Apu married and then got his kids anyway. Yeah. Why mm. not continue that? Uh, how about you, B? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I agree with Rose. I think, again, if, you know, their kind of ethos is love the one you're with, I think they could have ended it like that. But I think... Yeah, having more time with why Marge and Homer are getting invested mm -hmm. and maybe having, like, a B story about them trying to, you know, understand why they're so invested in it and some sort of thing that parallels them to their marriage, I think would have just helped it understandable more. And it also would just be, like, a cute moment to see Marge and Homer connect over mm. um, something like that. Sure. And, yeah, like I said before, if you kind of took out the Civil War stuff and did, like, montage of Apu just kind of at his wit's end to drive him to Squishy Lady, then it would just make more sense. But apart from that, like, it's still pretty good. And, again, if you put it in context of when was it? 2002? Yep. Mm -hmm. Or whatever, you can't really break the form that much you know you haven't gotten like sopranos is in its infancy <laughs> you know you can't you can't just mess around you need to 
keep things the way they are. And maybe a husband cheating on his wife is like a classic storyline. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, I think it's pretty, pretty passable as well. Uh, how about you, BT? I mean, it's going to be an echo chamber for the most part. Um, I think you can make it as simple as maybe Manjula says to Marge, look, I do still love him. I want to stay with him. You put up with Homer's crap all the time. How do you do it? And that's mm. how Marge gets involved. Or as we said totally. before, maybe maybe Apu is like just confides in Homer out of sheer desperation and just kind of land the emotion a bit more towards the end. It's the wacky stuff is fun, but it still needs that emotional grounding. It's I think maybe this is part of the reason I was so surprised this was a Schwarzwelder because he's usually got a pretty good grasp on things. Mm. And this just feels the ending here. This is very, very rushed to conclusion. When there was clearly time to cut, you know, even the Civil War stuff, uh, there's some parts I like there, but the whole, yeah, seniors riding tanks, I don't even know what I was supposed to do with that. There's that mm. whole bit where Barney has a beer, and then he yeah. says, oh, I'm, I'm fine. And it's like, was the joke here that he's drinking again and he's fine? Like, I thought it was going to be, oh, I had one beer and I'm fine, and then smash cut and he's riding a horse naked or something. But yeah. Nope. So, yeah, look, just just tighten it up. Tighten up them dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a weird pullback from like a podcast a couple of weeks ago and it's just i don't even know how to explain it um, don't just go with it tighten up those dogs yeah um yeah well the way i'd tighten up them dogs uh yeah again look it's so much of the echo chamber here yeah cut the fucking civil war bit at the start it, i really think there is so much room for showing you know a couple being tired for the very different reasons and mm. because those reasons don't have their lives intertwined it could be very easy for a miscommunication unfortunately it gets into the area is this good for a comedy show is this going to yeah, be funny I think that's <laughs> yeah. the flip of it having well i think we need to go to therapy honey it really obviously <laughs> we're having trouble communicating not a big laugher <laughs> So. Arrested Development managed to make marriage therapy good, but I guess they had Bob Odenkirk as the marriage oh, counsellor. Yeah. So. <laughs> Acting out scenes with Tobias. <laughs> you just follow your dreams. <laughs> oh, man. So good. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we are here. BT, do you have any final notes? As always, I indeed do. Um, let's see. I like how Homer, when he was returning the keg, has just written on it, this keg has dents. Mm. Yeah, it, it got me. <laughs> a line that always makes me uncomfortable is when Apu's like, ooh, you've had less than eight kids. It's like... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do really like the line delivery on when Apu's crying. It's like, oh, I'm such scum. And Homer's like, yes, you are scum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very comforting tone of voice. It's good. Mm. A <laughs> little bit of heart I do kind of like is, you know, Apu just outright says, you know, if you give me another chance, I'll do anything. And it's those kind of moments that mm, just pull that shit together a little bit more. Uh, a quick Jordan's anal corner. Jordan's anal corner. Uh, why do I have Manjul... to explain? No, never mind. Let's just move on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> just, just keep moving. Keep the dogs no, tight. No, no, I know. I don't need any context. <laughs> uh, why did Manjula, ha if the whole plan was to invite Apu and Manjula to dinner and not tell the other one they were coming, why did Manjula have the divorce papers with her? Is she just carrying them around? What the yeah. hell? Mm -hmm. mm. You've got to be prepared at all times. <laughs> that is anal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose, do you have any other notes about this episode? Although, honestly, that thing at the start with the, like, like nacho cheese of the nachos and the donut looks great. <laughs> would, would give it a try. You, you can get a thing from Butter in uh, Sydney where it's like a fried chicken tender on top of a, like, 
big ass like hot cinnamon donut with like maple syrup poured all over it and oh. it's mm. fucking great it's that's so like, good. like a whole like american chicken and waffles vibe about yeah. it i can see yeah. that working we actually. used to laugh at the americans for doing that shit <laughs> and now we're doing it <laughs> but yeah i could go a, a big tray of donut shows that sounds great <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. real stoner food Oh, absolutely. But I don't need to be stoned to enjoy stoner food. Um, <laughs> it is your complete diet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember when they opened that stoner food shop up on King Street in Newtown? That Never l- went there. Yeah. Oh, Demunchies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was open for like four months. Didn't last It was long. longer than that. Someone tried to start a stand-up show there. I think French tacos actually lasted longer than De Munchies. <laughs> French tacos. Give me the old French tacos. Oh, they're still there, aren't they? Yeah. No, they're actually gone now, oh, they but are? they were there for a while. Yeah. For a while. Mm. No, I liked De Munchies. They had the ravioli nachos. They were really good. Um, wow. They didn't have Elliot's signature nacharoni cheese, and that <laughs> shit is good. <laughs> I can attest to this. Elliot makes excellent nacharoni cheese. It's just nachos with <laughs> yeah. a box of Kraft macaroni Look, dumped no, on top. No, but you make it with love, okay? That's like, um, there is a, another place, uh, again, a sidebar, food sidebar, but um, a place, the, the place near Newtown Station, Cuckoo Calais, where they do um, oh, yeah. a croissant with mac and cheese and poached egg and bacon. Holy shit. So good. It's like, I've been there, the but perfect, I have not had that. Oh, it's the perfect hangover one. <laughs> Just checking if they're in my five kilometers fucking suite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought Homer, like, when he was buying the keg and then got a six-pack until he'd tapped the keg, uh, yeah. it was funny because it reminded me, yeah. I, I used to work in a bottle shop for a really long time and there was this guy who was, like, an ICU nurse at, like, the hospital in Liverpool mm. and he would always come and buy, like, a really weirdly specific amount of beer, like it'd be like three long necks and a stubby or four yep. long necks and a stubby. And after so long of him doing that, we finally were like, dude, what's with the stubby? And he was like, oh, that's for the way home. That's what we're driving home. I was yep. like, oh, you sad, sad man. Uh, and then when he returned the keg covered in dents, uh, I felt bad for laughing at the way that he'd spelled a poo because it looked like a poo. Um, I love the forwardness of asking someone to do you, uh, especially if it's spelled out with licorice rub. Yeah, uh, when I was going to school, it was yeah the tying the cherry stems and shit. Fucking yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. with red rope licorice. That's that's next level. Yeah, I prefer when it was uh, Patty and Selma just with a <laughs> pulled up cigarette, bunch of cigarettes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you get me. And then uh, the uh, thing with Ganesh. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, very, I was, very religiously that's literally and racially sensitive. My one as well, where I was like, "Yikes!" That yeah. was the big. Boy. That oh, was no. a real collar be- <laughs> To be entirely fair, it is portrayed as like being bad. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they still did it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There was something a bit more like when Homer did it at the wedding. It was just so yeah doomed from the start. Whereas yeah. this was the earnest attempt by the Simpsons couple, having seen Homer do that routine mm. and fail before. Yeah, they sat yeah. down and thought about this and crafted a Ganesh costume. Mm. <laughs> yeah, lacking effort on that. She spent too much time on the Blanduri, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't have too many other notes about this. Oh, Homer's line, which I love, uh, just getting all excited and fangirl over seeing the squishy lady. Oh, can I suggest a flavor? Yeah. Grape. 
Oh, <laughs> there was a, another delivery as well where I liked it when Marge finally guessed that Apu was cheating on Manjula mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, my God, I know. Could you believe it? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just, that is just very fun. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good buttons. Mm. No, definitely. Couples interacting like that makes me laugh a lot. I, I saw a funny tweet today where it was like, after the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory tour or whatever, it was just like a bunch of blank space and then like two people in a couple and one of them going, a lot of death on that, a lot of death on that tour. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of children dead. Yeah, yeah. Is this normal? <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, Homer deliveries as well. Uh, and if you take that bottle down and then pass it around, like, yeah. uh, it's so stupid. Oh, and sorry, delivery just made me think of the new slushy delivery guy who was like, ah, <laughs> oh, a challenge. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I think it's time to rank this thing. Uh, B, you can go first this time. I think... Honestly, it's still a bronze for me. I know that's like controversial putting a season 32 with a season mm. 13, <laughs> but I'm controversial and I just think <laughs> because it's just like I would react the same way to both mm-hmm. of these episodes, I guess, just because the other one was like Marge focused, which is something I'm interested in. And yep. this is silly Homer focused with wacky moments. But I still think I'm doing my laundry. BTS yeah. taking that <laughs> phrase. I'm doing my laundry. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> we always say you just got to follow your heart. And sometimes the heart doesn't make sense, but it knows what it wants. And sometimes an episode is just like that, that is like, yeah, I want to do housework. Yeah. This is weird. Makes me feel productive <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> All right. How about you, Rose? What do you reckon? I think I'm going to go bronze too because kind of thinking about thinking about where this sits, like the beginning of the like Al Jean era, like there's a lot of what are probably silvers and golds in the like Mike Scully era and then like the first couple of seasons or whatever. So mm. I reckon this this has to fall below them. Yeah, definitely. And um, BT, I was a little bit teetering on the Brilva border for a while, but what really kind of really cemented it for me was the fact that Apu's entire redemption is this wacky list and not anything that feels any way real or character driven at all. It's just you know some silliness, and that's while that's funny, it really just it feels a bit hollow. So I'm going to go with a bronze. And yeah, I'm going a participant on this one. I, I I think in reflection there are a lot a lot of jokes that I really did like, but uh, just the overall package, like it left me very uncomfortable, and it just ah uh, I want to do so much changing to this, like this. Yeah, been- and we could also like completely do without this kind of I don't know spec in. Apu and Manjula's relationship if mm-hmm. nothing actually comes from it as well. Like, it's yeah. kind of... It just makes him a bad guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah, we can have him do that and do bad... But, yeah, the... You know, if you're going to make this kind of bolder move, you kind of need to back it up. And I think that's what this episode failed at, but I don't really consider it a failure. All right, well, there, that equals out as a uh, Dolbronze, the first episode from season 13 to be called that. 
Mm. Well, that finally brings us to the classic episode of the, of the evening. I am so excited to... Uh, it's a, uh, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> long road to get here, and a long road to say the title of this episode, and uh, difficult for me, um, having never studied Spanish for an extended amount of time. Ooh, um, do you want me to have a go? Yeah, go for it, please. Okay. El viaje misterioso de nuestro amor. Ah... Buenos. Um, <laughs> God damn. Sorry to all our Spanish-speaking listeners. <laughs> Very Brad Pitt delivery there. Loved it. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go watch that and we will be back. Anyone for penis? <laughs> And we are back, and we just watched a classic era episode. My God, what a classic this was. This was Season 8, Episode 9, El Viaje Misterioso de Nuestro Homer, a.k.a., and as it appears on Disney+, Plus, The Mysterious mm. Voyage of Homer. First released in January of 1997, this was directed by Jim Reardon, written by Ken Keeler, and, yeah, talking Futurama before, this guy is such a big hitter across The Simpsons and Futurama. And in this episode, yeah, Guatemalan in San Peppers, Homer's search for a soulmate, space coyotes. What did we think? I think that this episode is like one of the, like, I don't know if it's too much of a big claim mm. to be like, this is one of the most defining moments in like kind of mainstream animation uh, mm. history in terms of the way that they sort of meld form and try the experimentation of this kind of yeah. like languid animation or different styles, which I think at the time you would have only seen it in like alternative movies and mm. not really in that such a mainstream sort of platform. And like even watching it now, it's like it just obviously influenced things like the Bojack Horseman like mm -hmm. underwater episode I could see elements of that so I just think it's amazing because of that and also it just has a very clear through line of Marge is worried about Homer's drinking and he doesn't want to budge on that but it's something necessary that he has to do in order to stay together with her basically normally when I've done this before, because I've got the seasons four to eight DVDs, I'd watch the classic episode on with the commentary the night before. But my old computer, which has the DVD drive, is fucked. So I didn't get to do that this time. But oh. trying to remember stuff about this, I was looking up this guy called Chris Turner wrote uh, this book called Planet Simpson which mm. apparently is quite well regarded. Mm. And he lists his top five episodes in it. And this is one of them. Really? And wow. Yeah. Which I guess like maybe might be just to sort of shout out the animation sort of side of it, I guess. But mm. I wondered then if people could pick what the other four were. Homer yeah, about Lisa the Beauty you... Queen, uh, <laughs> Last Exit to Springfield and Treehouse of Horror 2. You know, one of them. Damn. <laughs> oh, God, there's so many good ones. And especially, like, in our podcast, the unanimous cubic zirconia, the 
all-time mm. rank, you know, we've got like 60 of them now. So, like, whittling that down, mm. I don't know, just off the top of my head, something like, yeah, Rosebud, Homer's Enemy. Um, what do you reckon, B? Uh, I was, you've you've um, now got two of them. Oh. I was going to say um, Marge the Lumberjill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other four were uh, Last Days to Springfield, which apparently he said was the best, mm. Rosebud. Uh, Marge vs. the Monorail, Monorail and yep. Deep Space yeah. Homer. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. interesting. I don't really like mm. Deep Space Homer that much. Oh, I love that episode. Oh, even we were like, yeah, we gave it unanimous gold, if I remember correctly. And even we're like, yeah, we're kind of surprised. It was actually a lot slower paced than we remembered. Mm. Oh, I think that's one of my favorites. I love yeah. that one. But yeah, I mean... Definitely an interesting take to have it in the top five, but I think th this episode is so jam-packed that with good stuff as well that it's almost a shame that it doesn't have enough time to go deeper with it. But yeah, even mm. then, like this mm. is such a there satisfying so watch. Like, yes, mm. to surmise it simply, this episode fucks. <laughs> 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 well, uh, with the simple summation there, BT, we'll start with you. What stood out for better or worse from this episode for you? How does one choose? Dear God. Um, <laughs> I mean, like every good episode, it is just so heavily laid into the beginning. Um, I'm just mm. going to throw to a line I just love, which is not the most obvious one, which is, so I says to Mabel, I says. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wrote that down because that couldn't have possibly been repeated more when I was at school. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, people would say it as a way to, like, kind of, like, fob you off. Yeah. And, like, say that to somebody else. Excellent. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I estimate, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll finish this later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, look, it's just adorable and charming, and I love it. Saw a Gravity Falls meme the other day, which was... Um, <laughs> so Bart said to me, he said... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, how about you, Rose? What stands out to you from this episode? Because I actually brought this episode to you remembering that you professed a love for it in one of the previous appearances. Um, so what, yeah, uh, why is this one stood out to you from the time? And what stands out to you from this episode? I, well, like The whole like animation sequence is very cool. And also, like, it's just sick that they got Johnny Cash on the episode mm -hmm. to voice the coyote. So um, good. Because apparently they had two people in mind, which were, like, him and Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan had turned them down before. Hello, I think coyote. For the coyote! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for um, Homer Palooza in yeah. particular, which I also love. But he's got such a great voice for it i think but i also think it's really funny that they didn't get him to be the voice of the talking dog with a hi elmer find your soulmate that's, that's really funny um, such a good joke such a good follow-up just yeah but i think i think what's great about it is like apparently like george meyer brought them this idea around season three and then Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein brought it back for this season of like the Homer goes on like a psychedelic trip, but like knowing that it couldn't be with drugs because of censorship or whatever. Yeah. And I think the like red hot chili pepper thing kind of is a great way around that because like, I don't know how many kind of like chili challenges you've done before, but like it does feel like a drug, <laughs> like, like probably two weeks ago as part of a dumb thing that we were doing to try and have fun in lockdown uh i mm. ate like a full uh, habanero pepper on an empty stomach oh bro why what the hell <laughs> yeah. what's uh, wrong with you rose how long uh, until you threw up uh, i didn't um <laughs> i've got like a i think it's kind of like a genetic thing is that people in my family have cast iron stomachs um wow. 
but like gag reflex. Um, maybe I don't know. Uh, I never <laughs> sucked one dick. <laughs> but yeah, it, I've I've done lots of like I've done the world's hottest corn chip. I've done the world's hottest gummy bear, and I kind of understand Homer's wanting to salve that with beer because beer is yeah. quite good for like calming mm. oh, chili. Yeah. So I, I yeah I think that's like quite a clever way to get mm. into it. And then like even just the image of the chili like on the thing when it's glowing and stuff is like oh, it's yeah. really it's really cool. Oh, just how it spreads over his tongue is like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, the animation in this episode is second to none. Oh. And yeah, you're bringing up that it was originally pitched as a season three episode. Like, animation wise, I think this is a story that could only be done during season eight. Or- yeah, when they had the budget mm. and had the animation for it, because season three looks pretty choppy at points. Yeah. Uh, you needed yeah. that extra. Yeah, because it looks so good, all the surreal weirdness. Well, even then, David Silverman actually himself did most of the animation for this sequence because it's one that they didn't want to risk sending to Korea and have it come back and having to do the back and forth with it. Yeah. He knew that Mm. like producing this sequence in particular in-house was really important to maintaining the uh, consistency of the show and it fucking pays off. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. It still looks great all these years later. Yeah. Oh, mm. it, it is insane. It is as uh, insane as in eating at a Guatemalan in Sandy Pepper. And <laughs> the things that they sneak in with, like, yeah, other druggy music references as well yeah. with, yeah, the Jasper. Because well, do- I've seen this episode so many times and I didn't really realize how many times I'd seen it until it started playing and, like, the script, ro- it's like a pre-roll in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as start, it starts playing. <laughs> you start making yeah. pre-notes. I got plenty of pre-notes yeah same (laughs) and then something i never noticed is like otto telling ralph being like nah man he knows what he's doing like and i'm just like oh my god you know like that's a nice little thing that i i never kind of picked up on yeah and it's cool like how they've been able to do the trip while still being family friendly yeah no absolutely and yeah doing it under the guise of the chili thing and like but yeah b and bt do you have much experience uh, doing extremely hot chilies or anything like that no i wasn't like i didn't really get any of the benefits of spice like you know when people would be like oh i like eating hot stuff because you get like a rush afterwards i like didn't ever experienced that until recently and I like grew up around like spicy food and stuff so I just found it like annoying so I never (laughs) got into like the extreme like chili challenges or anything like that because I'm just like also I've got like the world's worst stomach Mm. so yeah I was gonna say I feel like you just shit yourself immediately well depending on the day like oat milk can make me shit myself you know like it's (laughs) it's even the weakest thing you know, spicy, I, I don't spicy want to risk it milk. with any Guatemalan chilies. The weakest thing. <laughs> yeah, if you want to rush, drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to get it. Like, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to do something like, that's going to bore myself. a hole through your stomach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just get a spicy butthole. Without incriminating myself too much, I thought there were particular animation moments which really captured acid very well. Like the liquidity of like Homer's outlines mm. and stuff. Like mm. 
because you see in film mm. and TV over time, all the time, the exaggerated hallucinations you get on acid, yeah, and it's yeah. not really akin to the we- real thing. It's just you know, but yeah, and I think at times they captured that extraordinarily well. And you know, yeah. David Silverman as a regular Burning Man attendee, um, <laughs> he, he's had a burner an dude. In Beaver County. He really, do- <laughs> <laughs> he probably did, like uh, that guy attends Burning Man, and he has he plays a tuba that's rigged up to this. Uh, oh, yeah. a fire oh thing that like shoots fires as he's playing the tuba. He's that guy. Like wow. Mad Max. <laughs> Ooh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm instead of a bass on the back of a truck. Yeah, yeah. it's a tuba. <laughs> I mean, only brass will really survive the apocalypse. Yeah. If we're being real, coming from a saxophonist, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, I, uh, sorry, without incriminating. You played saxophone? <laughs> yes. Uh, I've got one. B. Dinkums Murphy. Sorry, Rose. Oh, okay. Ooh, very good, very good. Very I was going to say in the sax lips, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, did I start playing saxophone because Lisa played saxophone? Maybe. <laughs> uh, sorry, Rose. Are you all right? Um, one of the revelations of this lockdown, just because there's been something to do, is... Uh, just realizing that I quite like uh, taking mushrooms and like we don't go nuts on them, but like there has been the occasional sort of moment where like things start to get a little colorful mm-hmm. as you move. And I think, yeah, the animation here kind of like captures that feeling of psychedelia as well. Yeah, well, even just how, like, yeah, the ordinary people still start looking weird and you try and, like, focus in on them and, yeah, they mm-hmm. all of a sudden start sounding like Peanuts teachers. And <laughs> yeah, one of my favourite <laughs> quotes, Goo Goo Gajub. <laughs> it was almost like a little Ramones reference in there too with the Gabba Gabba Hey Hey or whatever. Yeah. Ah, that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, Flanders, the fucking meltdown there. And God, I love <laughs> Barney with the burp, how it's just has this yeah. rippling effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just so good. Chef finger kiss. Nah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just like as a little side note, Helen is really a bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah she yeah, just. Yeah. Like, what the hell, lady? Come on. It's underlined in my notes. Helen Lovejoy is such a bitch. I know. Like, I can't. It never, like, stuck out to me so much. Like, until, this, like, rewatching it now. And I was like, oh, my God, Helen. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about the Jark episode before. And she gets some, like underrated moments of bitchiness in that one too yeah. and yeah i love this one it's like oh, someone had to tell her and i got here first <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i wonder if like the point of that though is like she would always have a get out of jail free card though of like oh, but i'm married to a you yeah. know a reverend. reverend i couldn't yeah. do anything wrong <laughs> yeah uh just to slip throw to another minor character i kind of never appreciated until this watch uh is smithers in this you know <laughs> white yeah, cowboy outfit I... with the Glowing rhinestones and little lady, I wouldn't honk the honk if I couldn't talk the talk. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what you see here, but outfit. I just wrote uh, Smithers outfit rules. <laughs> As someone who's kind of recently joined the kind of crew of like the wild, wild inner west of all the uh, country musicians <laughs> who wear cowboy hats standing outside the Duke, I was just like, I'd fucking love to turn up wearing that. That'd be sick. <laughs> as long cool. as you can talk the tonk, that's the important part. Yeah, I'm all hat, no cattle, unfortunately. 
<laughs> I really hope someone has gone to the cosplay effort of making Ooh, that jacket yeah. with the Christmas lights and uh, the royal, yeah, with the... <laughs> what is it? Hot Nashville nights. Hot or Nashville something? nights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so sex. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, is this a wacky episode of The Simpsons? I mean, we've talked a lot about the drug trip, but <laughs> oregano. What the hell? <laughs> I, I wrote that as well. I thought that was so funny. Eight yeah, spices. Yeah, yeah. There must be double ups. <laughs> uh, also, like Homer with the furniture salesman. Yeah. That was so funny, <laughs> pretending to be in therapy. This is beyond my training as a furniture salesman. Yeah, and just like a small thing as well of like the kissing fish and then yes. one fish eats the other and then the smile is just so menacingly yeah. hilarious. <laughs> You're next. Yeah. Yeah. Homer's yeah. whole uh, walking montage to the Truth at 17 song where, you know, just and the signs floating past the classic, you know, Simpsons walking in the void, but the signs like no trespassing, do not enter, employees must wash hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that it doesn't stay on point. It devolves very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what do yeah. we call it? The I... Boulevard of Convenience signage or something yeah, like that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds like I um I, I like the giant light bulb, like getting it out like it's a normal one, but it's huge because it's a light Yeah, and I also made a note, like I love how the first one's empty because it's like Yeah. That <laughs> is something always... so specific that yeah. rings true. Yeah. <laughs> of like just having an empty box. <laughs> like someone replace this please. I, I remember being a kid and loving that line that Lisa says is like Bart's like, is that dad? And she's like, either that or Batman's really let himself go. <laughs> They're just <laughs> accepting this as fact. It's just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, for a cartoony episode as well, yeah, we briefly went over Johnny Cash before, but like the performance here is so fucking oh, yeah. astounding. Like, mm, it's it's great. so soothing. Yes. I want, yeah, I want him to be my trip guide. Like, <laughs> that's the vibe. <laughs> Yeah, so that like makes me curious as to why Bob Dylan was the first choice because he doesn't have that soothing voice. Even his mm. non-singing voice is equally not as soothing. It would be way more eerie, I feel. Sure, yeah. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the point, a little bit uh, ethereal, otherworldliness maybe. Because, mm. mm. yeah, Cash is very grounded and you know uh, you know who he is. Johnny I wondered Cash. if they would like um, kind of pay lip service to him a little bit with Hello, I'm your spirit guide. So, is everyone here? Walk the line, Homer. Are you guys <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Cash fans at all? or? Yeah, big fan. I've only really listened to, what is it, American Five, but that's such a good album. Yeah. At the old bar I used to work at, we used to only listen to country music sometimes. And my sister loves country music as well, so it's it's kind of something that I'll listen to if it's on and, you know, I'll sing along to it maybe, but I'm not putting it on when I'm alone. That's <laughs> that's the mountain goats. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. Like I on June thirteen, as as recently as that, I was at a music festival. Uh, the uh, Country and Inner Western Festival, the inaugural oh, one right, in Sydney yeah. Park. And the headline act was uh, Tex Perkins playing a bunch of Johnny Cash covers. Uh, and sick. It, it ruled. 
Oh, that that's so good. Well, I mean, speaking of Johnny Cash covers, like, because my dad's a huge country and western fan. Me, not so much. But I found like Johnny Cash Highwaymen were like the more tolerable things. But like when Johnny Cash's America records came out, like all the covers yep. he did. Oh my goodness! Like I don't know how many times I've listened to his cover of the Mercy Seat and all that. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I love that song. Oh, re- yeah. uh, it's astounding. Oh, so good. And even Rick Rubin spoke about it on a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell. Anyway, um, <laughs> so off topic right now. Yeah, look, we kind of went over a lot of the more wackier moments earlier, but I mean, an episode that's so much about the heart. How did we feel mm. like the heart played out? I, I think quite well. What I liked about it is that like it felt quite real. It's like Marge has a legitimate reason to kind of be like tentative about him going to the Chili Festival because... Oh, yeah. She doesn't want to be embarrassed by him. Yeah. And then he sort of, like, he does try and, like, do the right thing. But then he gets, like, horribly burnt by the chili. So, like, pours beer all over himself. It disappoints her. But, like, does seemingly, like, try to go to a bit of effort to, like, mend the fence or whatever. And, like, because that is just, like, a you let me down thing, like, because she still cares for him and they are still soulmates or whatever she forgives him because she's worried that he's gone and she's like kind of gotten over the little I'm annoyed at you thing. Like it it felt like kind of like the real way that something like that might play out. Sure. Yeah, I mean, for all the times we've gone through this, you know, do Homer and Marge really belong together bit to the point where some members of this very panel have recommended in previous episodes we reviewed that that perhaps (laughs) it should end. Uh, This one where it's just a simple statement of, uh, oh, big deal, Coyote. My soulmate is Marge. Is it? Yeah, just, to yeah, have, yeah. just to have that is it is like enough to really start him on a journey and it's it's beautiful and i think as well what what is nice is that like homer runs away because marge doesn't instantly forgive him but you know she does have that moment where she's like no of course like i still love you it's mm. i'm allowed to kind of be angry at you and stuff yeah. mm. i, I kind of just wish there was like a bit more of like because in the end he didn't actually drink mm. any beer because he avoided it at the last minute so i kind of wish there was a bit more about like marge kind she of she found out or yeah mm. or like taking him for his word yeah. Um, or something. I think that would have just pushed it a bit over the edge, but that's, again, me being very picky. But, yeah, mm. I think mm. it does kind of work with the heart and, like, you understand why they're drawn together um, as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, if you could add maybe one scene, maybe, you know, Wiggum drops by to gloat and Homer isn't there and he's like ah and maybe mentions the peppers I don't know something yeah because yeah. I think yeah it's a little convenient how Marge is set in ho- motion to find Homer but she kind of brings well, it around enough in the end with the speech but yeah, yeah there is yeah. a bit missing well, there is a scene missing to be entirely mm. fair her whole motivation is she just wakes up and he's not there and it's just yeah a, an, inter- an interest in putting the argument behind them to make sure he's okay yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. And maybe again, it's like, you know, the golden age of television has spoiled our minds that we want everyone to change at the end of an episode <laughs> rather than completely reset. <laughs> mm. But yeah, you kind of do want them to be able to find because by the end of the episode, you're like, this could happen again next week. Mm. You know, there mm. hasn't been any change or growth in that 
area. Yeah. Yeah. But again, to that though, Homer did avoid beer in the, he did mm. actually keep that promise. Yeah. Mm. He was going to when his mouth was on fire, but you know. Yeah. It was yeah, displayed so... as being very in the moment, like very understandable. Mm. And yeah, like you said, beer when your fucking mouth is on fire from a chili is. Oh yeah. This is the best thing. Oh, better than milk. Cause it's not milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think the heart as well of just him going through all the other people close in his life and going, oh, you're probably my soulmate. And then like, oh, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. I'm more of an acquaintance. Funny yeah, the, chum. The, the listing off of the different things that they are is quite funny. It's very nice of Hibbert to say he's a contemporary. I don't know that <laughs> yeah. he's actually a contemporary to a doctor, but sure. Also, I think a great gag is Kearney is there drinking is, is quite funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? These characters we know and love. You know it did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Even with all the weird animation. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's it. Like, it still felt very grounded in Simpsons, even when they were going for moments where there were, you know, IRL clouds in the background and stuff yeah. like that. Mm. That's when, you know, the part on the trip where things get too real. <laughs> <laughs> when the mountain range turns into the back of your head, turns into the sn uh, snake. That was the wackiness you. I wanted to point out, the um, the pro shop being at the very top of a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was just the pro shop. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever actually, like, until today, because it's, like, it's funny that, like, you know, it gets big or whatever. I don't think I've ever, like, properly thought, like, God, that'd be a pain in the ass to walk yeah. up there Who to go to the pro that? shop. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with golf. I mean, carts aside, you do a lot of walking playing that sport. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just mean. Uh, but <laughs> You're trying to ride up there on your cart. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jackass style, spray paint narkill on the front of your golf cart. <laughs> and almost die. <laughs> jackass forever in cinemas, not here. Um, mm -hmm. oh, but I'm so mad about that. <laughs> Why do I keep having to remind us we're in lockdown? <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Hell Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Fuck yeah. And episodes that we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. What are some other Simpsons episodes that you think would pair nicely with this one? Uh, Simpsons Marital Trouble. Yeah. 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 Well, I <laughs> feel a lot like of those. today we had a lot of different Simpsons mm. Marital Trouble. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. All three of the episodes have kind of dealt with marriage issues to a degree and all three of them didn't have a ton of the kids. Mm. Oh, yeah. Honestly, uh, at this stage of the podcast where we're actually running out of episodes, these connections become more and more surprising because at the moment I'm essentially going, oh, okay, we've got that one, that one, that one left. <laughs> I'm going to say the hallucination playlist. Oh. So uh, mm. say the Duff Gardens episode where Lisa uh, drinks the water. Uh, of course, the... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> The weed episode, uh, the episode where Homer's working at the Quickie Mart and he's hallucinating because he's tired. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our hummingbird, when Apu thought he was a hummingbird for a certain amount of ass. <laughs> 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 yep, yep. Uh, cigarettes playlist. <laughs> oh, I thought about that. Like, 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 I think it's funny when like characters who don't smoke, like, in anything, characters who don't smoke, smoke, but also like quite like Marge basically instantly being addicted. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe I should. 
It, it kind of reminded me of the Hank Scorpio episode where she has mm-hmm. a glass of red wine yeah, and then yeah. she like pours herself another glass mm. and there's just like dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> She's so to say you should drink a glass and a half, but I just can't drink that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just Marge being shit at having vices. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Except going to the golden banana. She yeah. loves yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, especially in like past season 10, you know, when restriction meant that you couldn't have characters smoking especially the simpsons stopped but like there's mm-hmm. an early episode where nelson's smoking on a soccer field and then uh lisa oh, yeah. uh when she goes bad has the yeah. bad girls in yeah. the bathroom offer a cigarette and she's like, oh, i'll save it for later i'll smoke it in class yeah <laughs> imagine being eight years old and smoking <laughs> yeah how old were you when you first had a diary oh i probably would have been 16 or 17 I didn't start smoking properly until I was about 2021, 20, which is bad. You know it's bad by that point. B? Oh, I've uh, never smoked a cigarette just to hey. spite my dad. <laughs> Rebelling, not smoking. Wow, that worked mm-hmm. out well for your lungs, yeah. 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 <laughs> also, I'm asthmatic, so... Oh, that does not get in the way of it for a lot of people. <laughs> I know so many asthmatic smokers. Yeah, I know. I don't know how they do it. Beach? Mm. Uh, geez, I never really took it up. The only time I ever really tried smoking was when I decided that if there's an apocalypse situation and someone's like handing around a last cigarette or I'm about to be killed by firing squad, I don't want to cough on that cigarette. So I got to like acclimatize to it. (laughs) So I I smoked for a little bit to try and get used to that, but I never bought a pack. It was just, you know, if someone offered me one. And then I had a big night out with Sheridan, who shared her cigarettes quite, quite generously. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, I just tasted like an ashtray. I'm like... Fuck that. I've never smoked that ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. A night out with Sheridan has made smokers of us all. Oh, wild <laughs> stuff, but no more cigarettes. Oh. Yeah. I understand that impulse, though, because there's like nothing more undignified than having a coughing fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aliens going to destroy the world in 20 minutes. Have a cigarette. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm actually yeah. really glad I kicked the habit now because, like, I got hay fever at the moment. I've got to make sure I pop a Telfast before I go out in public because, yeah, <laughs> especially now is a bad time to have coughing yeah. or sneezing yeah. fits. So. <laughs> yeah, everyone just points at you and hisses. <laughs> uh, like Apu's children as he got kicked out of the house. Yeah. Callbacks. So, yeah, what would we like to change? BT, have you got any thoughts on that? Again, there's no time for anything. Like I mentioned mm. how maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, Marge finding out that Homer did keep his promise would help. But then I do like the sentimentality of her just putting the argument behind them because there's more at stake here because he's missing. Mm. And there's just no time to add anything. It's so densely packed and everything is really goddamn funny. So I do not think I have any notes in particulars. B? I agree as well. Um, the only thing is like maybe, and I don't know, maybe I missed it, but it would have been nice to see Smithers wearing hot pants. <laughs> you, I mean, he might like Who short wears shorts. Short shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That ending, like, <laughs> to me, it's one of those like Simpsons, hey, everybody surfs up kind of endings, but yeah. It lands. <laughs> I think it's I, know, yeah. I love they, it. I always think about it. Yeah, they yeah, have I the moment it's... of working together and then it just doesn't work out because there wasn't enough time. But who cares? Hot pants. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so well executed. <laughs> it's just like, this is dumb, but whatever, it's funny. How about yep. you, Rose? What would you like to change? 
Um, it's the same thing again, I guess. Like, it'd be nice to put in, like, a little, like, more resolution to the argument or whatever. Like, I didn't drink, I was trying, and yeah. the peppers mm. were hard or whatever, but, like, you know, there's already, like, they've sacrificed most of the opening credits, so yeah. there's not really much time, so... And, and, like, I don't hate it that it doesn't have that. That just might add something a little bit more. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, to me, it feels like it's lacking that thing to set Marge's search in motion but like it's kind of just like a technicality kind of criticism rather than a it doesn't stop me from enjoying this episode a lot like yeah yeah all right we are here and rose do you have any other notes about this episode before we rank it i think i just largely just wrote down some quotes that i think are funny uh (laughs) oh everything looks bad if you remember it (laughs) Uh, it's funny one of my favorite dumb little lines probably ever in the show is they say he carved it himself. Yes. From a bigger <laughs> spoon. <A> spoon. <laughs> also, the legend goes like, yeah, I love that delivery of that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the line read when he's burnt his tongue and says, but I need it, is just really well done and really funny. Yeah. One thing I'd never noticed before, and I quickly paused it to see what it was, is when they're in their house and they go from the top level to the bottom level, there's like the little, you know, separating the floors kind of thing. And there are a bunch of wires and they're all tagged with names of little government organizations like CIA, NSA, ATF and all that. There's another playlist. Uh, Simpson, yeah, pan through the house sort of things. Yeah. Well, I'd never seen that before. And then just, I like, one-sided phone conversation is always funny. Like the whole, <laughs> oh, hello, or like the police. Oh, that's who you are. Uh, it's great. But I just love the, no, it's not that I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that or that. <laughs> no, hang up yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me. All right, B, do you have any other notes? I thought Wiggum's line was pretty funny of like, heck, it's not my job to talk people out of killing themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Just that it's exactly my humor. Um, (laughs) uh, Don't quit your day job, chief. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. (laughs) And I also had a note that like unlocked a memory when I saw Homer pouring the wax into his mouth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I always wanted to do that. Because you remember when like you would put your fingertips in mm-hmm. wax and then yeah. you'd be like, I have waxy fingers. <laughs> and then you'd just like take them off. Mm. And I, yeah, I just remembered and I was like, I still want to do that. <laughs> well, also the spitting it out and then breaking yeah. it off looks really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, it's such a... Um, I read about the wax thing as well. Is that like apparently the censors included a note being that like when Homer drinks the wax, he should scream in pain, mm-hmm. but they ignored that note and instead... That's why Ralph is like, hey, you don't want to do that, do you? Yeah. Yeah, because they were afraid that, like, uh, impressionable, uh, you know. People like me. <laughs> yeah, and me. <laughs> that wouldn't think Impressionable these... podcasters. <laughs> we're now doing the wax mouth challenge. All right. Yeah, I know yeah. what I'm doing in lockdown now. <laughs> Just to feel something. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so the whole premise was to, yeah, have Ralph, one of the, you know, stupider characters the in the show characters. being like hey you shouldn't do that was actually kind of a like dig yeah. at the senses i really like that as a move which i also liked as well as like a part of ralph's character because it feels like he's done that before 
mm. and he's trying to warn Homer what to do. Like, that's how I saw it. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes, Homer. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, BT, do you have any other notes? So, I do like when he's, Homer's on the phone to Lenny after having the uh, Marge's cut the bit in the paper out. And he's like, yeah. the big annual what? And then hangs up and goes, ah, if it was big and annual, they would have put it in the paper. It's just <laughs> a good little throwback, and I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, his line of, oh, it's a lazy dog dangling afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just his whole, we're missing the cook-off. It's yeah. going on, and we're missing it. Uh, yeah, this is him dancing Homer around. acting like a child that's, oh. yeah, really endearing. The mm. classic screenshot of the cowboy boots and his eyes looking in like the <laughs> separate directions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, his line when Marge is looking at all the you know craft work, he's like less artsy, more fartsy. I just think it's very. It's just clever and funny. I'd never picked up on that until yeah, this man, watch. No. Well, I mean, bringing it back to the Easter show, it really reminds me of like, like one year in particular, I went with my mum and eldest brother, who is. Mm-hmm petrified of roller coasters or any (laughs) ride that moves so i spent the easter show having to fucking look at livestock and i'm like we're missing it we're missing the fucking thing that flips me around and is really dangerous Uh." but look at this fruit it's pretty big (laughs) he really just Um, thought they were neat uh this is because i kicked you isn't it and just that tortoise <laughs> nodding at him just yeah. gets me every time the little slight smile mm. yeah. <laughs> i enjoyed this yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit i really love is when he first meets marge at the top of the pyramid in the hallucination it's the back of her head and then he runs around her and it's all the back of her head and then when he meets her again at the house she's turned away from him mm. i just think that's a very good little surreal moment becoming a reality mm. kind of thing so it's very cool oh i was just going to add to that just like with him chasing her around and it's still the back of her head is yeah. fucking yeah. nightmare fuel it's mm. beautiful all right um yes <laughs> beautiful and the tra- yeah yeah when the train's Sweet coming nightmares. from <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> <I> go- <laughs> sorry so, huh, a ghost train. So little time to get out of the way. Now less. Now none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was another good bit with that where he does wake up and when Kemp Brockman's complaining about him. He blows he, the whistle, yeah. But the whistle he's using is like one of those wooden train whistles that you get. It's yeah. not like a referee whistle. It's a, yeah, good tie into that. It all makes sense. Oh, actually, sense. I, real, I, I meant to say this because I remember this from the commentary. And I found it on Wikipedia. Homer waking up on the golf course is a reference to something that actually happened. A friend <laughs> of the producers blacked out and woke up on a golf course in another state. He had to buy a map from 7-Eleven to find out where he was. Oh my he discovered God. that not only was he in a different town, he was also in a different state. He walked several miles to return to a friend's house, which was the last place he remembered being the night before. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, a fantastic line, which is, um, I'm just a memory, Homer. I can't give you any new information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as, yeah, a D&D <laughs> game master, you've had to do that line several times as a character. <laughs> like, I'll remind you, but you don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, when he's in the dark, giggling to himself about how he's going to make the ship crash and he's got the running spiders sound effect. I don't know what else to call this when you just kind of run up and down the uh, fretboard of a violin. Is that a Hitchcock Oh, yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a movie thing. I don't know if it's specifically to Hitchcock. I don't know what else to call it other than running spiders. Mm. <laughs> Plucking it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. cutto. Because it is, it's, uh, that's always the music they pick for when they've got spiders on screen. Yeah. yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Uh, 
then their conclusion that, you know, we might have our differences, but they're only skin deep and our sames go down to the bone. It's like, ah, oh, I, I can feel things in my robotic chest. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, in your face, Space Coyote! <laughs> oh, Space Coyote. <laughs> yeah, all right, that covers most of my notes. Just had a couple of quick ones. Yeah, the animation of the ice cream melting before it hits his tongue is just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah that's great. With the sparks as well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at these records. Jim Neighbors, Glenn Campbell, the Doodle Town Pipers. And look at her records. They suck. <laughs> Doodle Town. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, Real things, all of them, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Doodle Town oh, Pipers. That was one that I had to check as, oh, that's a real reference. Because, yeah, Jim Neighbors and Glenn Campbell, shit that would appear in my dad's music collection. But <laughs> he didn't have any Doodle Town Pipers, curiously. Um, And, yeah, it just, I think Sea Captain is, yeah, a last-minute MVP of mm. this episode. It's just, he has some great line blues. Head starboard. Uh, port, uh, port, aye, port. port. <laughs> <laughs> the precious cargo, the hot pants, aye, the hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> the entire ship is only carrying hot pants. <laughs> yeah, Springfield's demand cargo. for them. <laughs> oh yeah, through the roof. Um, all right, it's time to rank this thing. Rose, please kick it off. Uh, I'm feeling a light eight on this one. Uh, has anyone watched The Needle Drop? I don't know. I thought I'd throw that reference in there. Fantano? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this is a cubic zirconia. Hey. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to beat. Uh, yeah, I'm going cubic as well. Like I said, there's, I think, some technical things there are to fix, but that does not diminish my enjoyment of this episode. This is, yeah, uh, uh, maybe not top five, but top five for season eight, surely. Uh, BT? Mm. I mean, 55 years later, it's still getting us laugh- laughing. That's a cubic zirconia. Mm. And B, please finish it off. Uh, controversial. I was going to say gold, but I think mm. that because of the kind of animation risks that they kind of took and kind of, yeah, focusing on such a, um emotional core, I mm. think as well, it kind of puts it into the cubic zirconia for me. Wow. That's a clean sweep. On the, mm. We're all saying it's an essential episode. That must mean yep. it gets the Simpsons Index Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. <laughs> it will... Or whatever's inside this box. <laughs> <laughs> the box, the box. It will be the sixth episode from season eight to get that honour. It will be joining Homer's enemy, the old man and the Lisa. Uh, that's the Mr. Burns, Little Lisa Animal yes. Slurry episode. Brother from another series. That's Sideshow yes. Bob with Brother Cecil and so good. So good. Uh, Hurricane Nettie. And also, You Only Move Twice, the Hank Scorpio episode. Mm-hmm. So good. That's a fucking playlist right there, I reckon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, y'all, for joining us for the Simpsons Index tonight. That was amazing. Yeah, Thank you so really much fun. for having me. It's always a pleasure. And this is the time of the show where we plug stuff. B, would you like to kick it off? Do you have stuff to plug? Yeah, I guess I have stuff to plug. I don't have any shows, but I do stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Sunday, Friday, and during lockdown, heck, we're throwing in Saturdays. (laughs) Um, So twitch.tv forward slash queen. Um, underscore B, that's spelled K-W-E-E-N underscore B-E-A. And uh, my Instagram and Twitter are those handles as well. 
Yeah, wonderful. Mm. Um, yeah, been enjoying your Stardew Valley streams, and I saw you were doing some like quiz shows and stuff lately. Yes. Yeah, so Rosie was on one of the quiz shows. Uh, every Friday, we're doing a kind of silly podcast slash quiz show called Rat Cage, where it's kind of. Um, you know, we just ask ridiculous questions, but it's just an excuse for us to be funny with some of our mm-hmm. comedian friends. So that's every Friday on that Twitch channel as well. Nice. Oh, yeah, it was very fun. Would recommend. And Rose, what are you up to? Uh, not a great deal uh, because of lockdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't have any shows to plug, um, but... I mentioned before that I recorded a podcast yesterday with my girlfriend about Burning Man because I have a podcast coming out at some uh-huh. point, uh, which uh, is not entirely far removed from the concept of this podcast. It's just a little deals in many things instead of one thing that you love because uh, it's called I'm Gushing uh, and uh, <laughs> basically people just come on to talk about uh, stuff that they love and are obsessed by nice. and I yeah I've recorded about four of them now so uh, I think that will come out within the next month or so and if you want you can follow I'm Gushing Pod on uh, Instagram and Twitter I haven't put anything up yet there's not even a picture for it but you know do that in anticipation of it all coming out. But otherwise, mm. I'm Rose Alice Piper on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and I'll post about it there as well. Wonderful. Yeah, really mm. looking forward to that. Any sizzle for uh, some of the guests that have been on? So far, the guests have been me. Um, mm. Oh, thank you. B just followed the account. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supporting my friends. I appreciate it. I was um, wondering what that background noise of ding was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, so far they've been me, uh, Beck Charlwood, and uh, my girlfriend Jen Mackey, uh, and uh, recording one with uh, a former guest of this podcast, Jamie Kirk, tomorrow night. Oh, so. cool. Um, and BT, if the good people want to hear more of us, where can they do that? Well, have they heard of this wonderful new website called Patreon? Because they can go to patreon.com slash sidequeststudios where they can find the blanket for all our work. That's right. The Simpsons Index, Thrones of Game, and our Pulp Fury radio series, our fiction podcast anthology where you can listen to pulp genre fiction being read out by amazing actors with some incredible sound effects and work that I'm incredibly proud of. I think that's all the things. And speaking of which, yeah, (laughs) uh, Pulp Fury radio on our episode Working Class Wizards features a cameo Mm. from none other than Rose Alice Piper. Yes. <laughs> Doing the ad for Cyclops Choice brand eye drops. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, really good time. Yeah, check out patreon.com slash Studios. Other than that, yep, that's the end of the Simpsons Index. Thank you all very much for listening and thank you, B. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Thank you kindly. And BT, as always, thank you. Ahoy. <laughs> and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.